Hello, and welcome to episode 66 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always. The man, the myth, the idea, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. We're being buried beneath an avalanche of your inadequacies. <laughs> it's, that was um, very similar to your, to like any of your Imperial Star Wars voices that you do. <laughs> um, it was pretty Dominic's, much on point. Dominic's the one who does more of those. I guess I've done a couple of them. That's true, but you guys um, are related. Yes. Um, although it's funny that you should say, I, I think this was a pretty good one. Um, so my cousin Mike, uh, hey Mike, you're our biggest fan as always. Uh, he texted me the other day um, because he was just firing up our episode from last week on I Love You, Man. Mm. And so what happened was I get a text uh, apropos of nothing. And he – sorry, I'm, I'm just kind of vamping until I can find the text. because I, <laughs> I, I, I could, I could tell. I liked, I liked that I was able to see right through you on that one. Out of, out of nowhere, he texted me last night. It was the taste of betrayal, you fucking whore. <laughs> Beautiful. Followed by nothing like almost spitting out your coffee on the way to work on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's I said, great. I said, just starting off the episode and your day with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> You're a whore, Peter. <laughs> All right. Um, this week's episode, we are going to be discussing Mowgli, some classics returning to theaters, the Kingsman debacle. Breaking Bad, the movie, and other AMC shenanigans. Shenanigai? <laughs> no, it's definitely shenanigans. All right, we're going to make it shenanigai. Other assorted news <laughs> and nuggets, all before diving into our flick of the week, V for Vendetta, just in time for November 5th. It's totally after that. But first, we're going to have Al, so many more news and nuggets as well. What, what are we drinking? <laughs> uh, we are drinking Stone Vengeful Spirit IPA. It's an India Pale Ale with pineapple and mandarin orange. Not to be confused with the one with tangerine and pineapple. Tangerine. Uh, <laughs> now, do you yeah, have to say that there's music in the episode when you do things like that? That's what I never really was sure if I needed to check that box or not. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we had uh, a fair amount of, or at least I had, was treated to or tortured with a fair amount of um, the Flaming Lips being sung before this episode <laughs> started. Um. Yeah. So this is seven point three percent alcohol by volume. We've done some Stone beers on the show in the past. They're a great brewery. Um. I enjoy them. This one has a story, as theirs often do. Stone's Ventful Spirit IPA, a tropically inspired IPA. We've often been inspired to brew beers on a theme. In 2007, it was black IPAs. 2008 saw Belgian-influenced IPAs. And more than once, it's been triple IPAs. It's been fun to dive deep, and you've ridden those waves right along with us. But like you, we also crave new breaks to surf. Right now, it's tropically inspired IPAs, as represented both by this flavored ale... Stone. What what just happened? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, what we're gonna do here is you're just gonna start reading it from the beginning, and I'm going to edit. <laughs> oh, you want to reread it the whole thing? Again? Just reread. Yeah, just start at the top, and I, I'll cut it right in. Okay. Stone Vengeful Spirit IPA. A tropically inspired IPA. I really hope that you leave that whole conversation we just had in there, though. Oh, you wanted uh, to do that like that? I, I mean, I can do that. That saves me time. <laughs> we were doing it conversationally, so why not? Uh, we've often been inspired to brew beers on a theme. In 2007, it was black IPAs. 2008 saw Belgian-influenced IPAs. And more than once, it's been triple IPAs. It's been fun to dive deep, and you've ridden those waves right along with us. But like you, we also crave new breaks to surf. Right now, it's tropically inspired IPAs. 
as represented both by this flavored ale, Stone Tangerine Express IPA, and others we've got waiting in the wings. With Stone Vengeful Spirit IPA, we employ a bit of tropical mythology to pay homage to our ever-present gargoyle. Since 1996, <laughs> he's had our backs and yours by representing an aggressive intolerance for a commoditized beer. He constantly inspires us to forge ahead with resolve, even with the omnipresent forces of forceful evil. Vengeful spirits can be awesome when they're on your side. This is great. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, typically eloquent and long-winded. I feel like they start writing it and they start drinking at the same time. Yes. And just before they have too much where the words are going to start to be sloppy, that's when they punctuate it and print it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, because remember, we did the... Um, I can't remember the name of the project. Remember they had that project, the, the Magnum Beers? Um, we've done a couple of them. Grainiac, yeah. Hi-Fi, Lo-Fi. There was a couple different ones. Yeah. And I can't remember what the, that, that, that line was called. Those ones have fucking novels on the back. And I loved reading through them on the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are pretty great. I, I, I love when there's a good – we've got a good story going with our, yeah. uh, with our beers. Awesome. Shall we give this one a taste? Yeah, please. Cheers. That was – I I preemptively cheers because I, I was much closer together with my instruments than I realized. So You're having a lot of trouble with spatial awareness. Today. This I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Maybe I lost an eye. Mm. Oh, that's um, that's tropical. Yeah, that's flavorful. That's a. Uh, it's very different from what we've been doing lately. I feel like. Yeah. Well, we've I guess kind of recently gotten more into the seasonal, right? Um, yeah, it seems that way. Well, aside from the fact that we drank about 50 pumpkin beers the other day. <laughs> it was a lot. Um, they were delicious. I couldn't smell them at all. So my flavor, the nuance of the flavors was lost on me um, a bit, like except for the ones that were drastically different in style. Mm -hmm. um, there was a certain sameness. They were all good, but I, yeah. I was missing it. Since I couldn't smell them at all, I was missing on some of the nuance with those beers. Yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was pretty good. That was a, it was a successful return of the pumpkin beer tasting. Yes, may it always remain close, near and dear to our hearts. Yeah, indeed. I uh, as, as so, for those of you not familiar, we I will go around and I'll buy a few different pumpkin beers. Um, my old roommate Michael will also buy a few beers, and I say a few. He showed up with over fifteen different <laughs> pumpkin beers in a messenger bag, which is what you <laughs> did not see. <laughs> When he arrived, no, but I can picture it because he's always got one of those. He what? He's, I said I can picture it though because he's always got one of those. Always, always, and uh, it's just so. By the time he got there, and a few other, then you guys got there, and you brought some more, and then Jay yeah, got we, there. Yeah, we brought what four or five beers I between the one so, I made yeah. and the ones that Dominic had. And we were like earlier on, Kim and I were like, just do we have enough beer? <laughs> do we have enough? And it wasn't until about was it like one in the morning that we were finally done tasting them all. <laughs> Uh, I think it was a little bit before that, but it was pretty late. It took me, Michael, and Dominic dragging you, kicking and screaming, to finish all of them off. That's fair. That's that's <laughs> valid. I couldn't not have all of them. Yeah. So no, but it got to the point where like you were looking daggers at me while handing the glass. Yeah. Like making sure to find the glass and hand it to me, but also making it very clear that you wanted me to die. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're not mutually exclusive. Uh, they, it was. Uh... It, it was a lot of beer. It was. It wasn't even. It was. It was a little poor 
with each one. But that adds up really quick. It it suddenly becomes a power hour. And it's, well, see, the thing <laughs> is, it started as a little bit poor, as a little poor. But once we started shedding members of our team, the pours were getting bigger. Yeah. Because we hindsight, were pouring a 12 ounce beer into 12 cups when I got there. Right. And at the end, we were pouring a 20 ounce beer into four cups. <laughs> right. We definitely, we definitely did that math backwards. <laughs> we should have started with the big ones, moved our way down to the smaller ones. But you, you, you know, you learn as you go. <laughs> Maybe we'll do it differently next time. I mean, I was probably not. It wasn't a problem for me. I, I don't even. I didn't really even get more than a light buzz. Uh, I was a little late. Um, there was there was construction to be done at the house. Um, we, I mean, I obviously have a pretty solid tolerance for alcohol. Uh, there was quite a bit of food. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there's only so fast you can go because some people are barely finishing their one-ounce pour. And we're, like, snorting them. Um, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we were doing what now? The, well, uh, I told you I couldn't breathe. I was trying to clear out the nasal passages right. to fully enjoy the experience. Right, that's fair. But the, that uh, that drunken night ended in a in a... In many games of Quiplash, which if you haven't played Quiplash, it's a lot, lot of, of fun. A lot of Especially fun. if you get the full squad available, like yeah, if you're playing with four or five, eight, and, like right? it gets better when you get up to yeah, you know, whatever it was eight. Yeah, or... yeah, we had we had a full crew, which was and and you know what though, everybody was everybody was pretty good at it. Yeah, I think mostly. it's because you also like we're you know not everybody was super familiar with one another. You get to really see. The dark side of people's com- comedic thoughts. When well, that well game two comes things. Out. One, there's that. Um, two, you could see there was a pretty quick, like, have versus have not situation where the people who knew the room yeah. were scoring early and often. Oh, and yeah. so some of the other people either couldn't see the room or weren't willing to jump past the creative barrier. So if you're not familiar like, with Like, I think with Kim this was game... playing it very conservatively early on. Yeah. She definitely realized eventually once she saw especially like what like michael warren and her friend um whose name i forgot we're, we're putting out there mm-hmm. she eventually got on board with uh we're going all in on this <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's it's like that so uh, for those of you not familiar with the game it's just like a it, you can get it on a lot of different systems you can get it on multiple gaming systems we had it on our fire t- on the fire tv it's, and a, it's a jack jackbox tv doc tv game exactly and the game is just like you get questions on you you sign in with your phone you put in the code that put, makes you part of the game and you'll get questions on your phone that you have to write an answer into and then the it's you are pitted head to head against somebody else who's writing an answer and everybody else in the room votes it's all it's all anonymous until the answers are revealed um, and voted on, which is kind of fun. And uh, it just it just makes there's like usually really silly prompts with even more absurd answers. And it just it's a lot of fun. And after after a lot of drinks, it's just it's just chaos. It's kind of like a more open source version of like um, like an apples to apples or a or what's what's the other cards against humanity? Yeah, where it's like instead of it's one person versus the field, it's a constant rotation of two people versus the field, or two pieces versus each other. Yeah, creating the favor of the field. It's a, it's, it's a good time. I'm a, yeah, I'm a fan of that game. We played much more, many more rounds than I expected, uh, which I was, I was okay with. We, uh, we had some good action there. During, during the beer tasting, there was a uh, hocus pocus played multiple times on the TV. Clue. We got for a some clue reason. action. Um, we had. About four and a half hours worth of TV sitcoms Halloween episodes. So there was some Boy Meets World. There was some Friends. 
I don't think I saw any of that. I think you missed all of that. <laughs> so you must have started that before the party started because we didn't miss that oh, much yeah. of the party. Yeah, I, I mean, I was cooking for a good three hours before people arrived. Uh, I was going to say, because we were like an hour late. <laughs> I had to make like 700 empanadas. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. It was really 24, but it felt like 700 empanadas. It was. It felt. <laughs> but like they were like the full-sized ones. They not were. Like, uh, like bite-sized ones. Yeah, they're not baby's empanadas. They're mama's empanadas. Yeah, delicious. Um, uh, we should probably wrap up this beer section though, because this this beer is delightful. I don't is, know if this, it is delightful. if this matches your approval scale. What, what do we yeah. what do we settle back on the your, your original approval scale? I'm in. I'm in. That's what I it think was. That's okay. it. It's I'm in. Or um, I'm out. I'm in. I, my, I finally have been granted back the gift of smell the last two Ooh. days, maybe. Um, so as soon as I cracked this open, uh, my nose was assaulted with the fragrance of this beer. Yeah, um, I, I, I noticed that too. Day, but it was it was effervescent. I was about to say something, but. Right before then, I, we were just talking about my spatial awareness issues that I was having, <laughs> and I was I was really struggling not to somehow accidentally throw the coaster bottle opener through my computer screen. I don't, <laughs> like I felt like I was actually like restraining myself from accidentally throwing it, which is I I don't know what's going on. I think I'm just off today, <laughs> but yeah, it seems like it. It should make um, for a good episode. But it was uh, yeah. yeah. As soon as that bottle cracked, it was like whoa. There's the hops. <laughs> it smells good. It's very juicy. It's it's sweet but not like sickly. So mm-hmm. um, nice color. Um, it's got that hazy uh, like juicy IPA look to it. Yeah, um, which I but love, it's like a nice light know. color. Yeah, and good, what I think what head. I like about it is um, sometimes with you know with that be, I sometimes I really I'm looking forward to the, the bitterness of it, and then sometimes with like the hazy ones, you, you almost don't get it at all. And I feel like this is like right in the middle, and it's really nice. Well, it's definitely very well hopped, um, but the fruit sweetness balances it out well, so it's not run got that runaway bitterness effect. Yeah, very good. Very, very good. We'll have a couple more of these in the coming weeks. We're going to try and split them up. Um, I had three stone beers in the – we had quite a few. There will be a bunch of pumpkin beers coming up, guys. Yep. Um, including the Owl's Ales Pumpkinish Porter. So good. I'm glad that you and, and everyone seemed to be quite a fan it of was, that. It was, it was nice. It was nice. I was a fan. Shall we get into our first story? Sure. Um, I have several, so we're okay. going to go back Let's, and forth. Yeah, we'll, we'll back and forth it. So okay. first thing we're going to start off with is Mowgli. Um, I was scrolling through my flipboard. You know how I have my curated movie flipboard? I had a few stories from there. Mowgli was one of the ones that actually popped up today for me. And I saw Mowgli, and it's like a dark take on The Jungle Book. And I was like, that Another quicksand... One? Scene yes. again, like is this is this just is this just back in my life now? Like, and it's unless, just gonna unless haunt we're me. going full on like the horrors of what actually was going on, like Rudyard Kipling's White Man's Burden and Jungle Book like era, like where it's like bad shit is going on in India. You're not getting darker than the quicksand from the <laughs> 1997 or whatever that was, 1994 uh, Jungle Book. Uh, that's a that yeah that repressed memory. Uh, anyway, I was like, I'm so glad that like you like somehow like Vietnam flashbacked it like yeah, the way I, that I have for my whole life, and like it seems you had been repressing it until I mentioned it. Yeah, I'm so glad I'm not the only one who has that me. scarring them. Oh my god, Ter- it, that's it's just terrible. But anyway, so this this came along and there was a trailer, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch this trailer because I'm curious as to why. On account <laughs> of we just got a pretty fantastic Jungle Book movie. So, that was the John Favreau one? Yes. Really well done. Really enjoyed that movie. 
and I was like, what's what's happening here? <laughs> so, you know, I'm watching the trailer, and it's um the whole movie, just so you know. <laughs> the trailer is the whole movie oh. minus the resolution. <laughs> so if you want the resolution, I guess you'll have to go see it. Uh, now, this is a Netflix original movie. Oh. I guess I don't know if they call them originals, if it's based on – I don't know how they do that. But it's a Netflix film. And the – the first thing that came to mind was that I went on. A, I had this like emotional roller coaster as I was experiencing this trailer. I was like, the for the first twenty five minutes of the trailer, I was like, why, why, why is this happening again? Why are we doing this? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know CG animals actually talking. We did this. It looked better. What's happening right now? Like why are we like why? And Wait, so I'm, it's it's got more CGI animals and shit that are like that yeah. are personified. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah, exactly. So I'm thinking, this is dumb. And then I was like, how is it? So far, you know, like I said, now I'm, I'm three hours into the trailer. And I'm wondering, <laughs> how is this different <laughs> from the Jungle Book that I just saw? And then it's like, oh, we're going to bring in the People Tribe a lot sooner. And he's going to actually go to them. And it's going to be a little bit of a different interaction throughout the story. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Um, slightly different, I guess that works. And now, I am really not interested in this movie as of just seeing the Jungle Book again. But there were a few other things that got laid on top of there that made me very interested. First of all, Netflix movie that is going to be released in theaters. Really? So they're going to be doing this Full release or limited? Limited, I believe. But they're going to be doing this with um, a handful of movies. I think three other ones were announced. Not that long ago. But yeah, me and Dominic were just talking about it last night. There's the other one uh, with Chris Pine about Robert the Bruce. Uh-huh. I can't remember what it's called now. What's, what's it called, Peanut Gallery? What? The Chris Pine movie. Outlaw King. Uh, the Outlaw King. Okay. Yeah, that's one. There's, I think there's two others. But the, the intention being um, uh, award season nomination stuff. <laughs> Trying to get yourself – because they can't technically be nominated, it sounds like, the way that just released Netflix. Whatever. No big deal. Yes, I, I'm uh, happy that, for that it. That was a big thing. It has to at least hit a certain amount of theaters to be yeah. eligible to be, to be like actually be- best picture nominated or whatever. And I'm totally on board with this because even though I have Netflix, if, I, if there's a new movie coming out that I'm interested in, I like to see it in the theater. So – if it catches my it, attention, it depends on the movie. Obviously. If it's a if it's a movie that feels that it needs to be theatrical, then definitely. Sure. If not, then I'm kind of indifferent. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to especially see if this it's one. Netflix and I'm already paying for it. I don't need <laughs> to pay for the extra ticket, you know. I'm not going to see this one in theaters, but I just like that that option is going to be available to me. Sometimes. Yeah. So that was the first thing. I was like, okay, cool. Um, advertised as like you know on Netflix and in theaters, blah blah blah. Like awesome. And then then some of the names started popping up, and I was like. Uh, let me see. I think I have a list here. I got wait, Christian Bale, Benedict Cumberbatch, Kate Blanchett. And it's it's going on. I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. And then it said directed by Andy Serkis. And I was like, okay, now I'm really interested. Oh, I actually heard about that. I forgot I forgot about that completely. Because you and I have a love affair with Andy Serkis. Correct. And I want I want to go the the only reason why I want to go see this in theaters is is because it's his project. Yeah, I completely forgot. I remember hearing a while back that he was doing that. Completely forgot about it until you just said that. Now I didn't even ring a bell when you brought up the movie. Yeah, and that's that to me was interesting. So I was like, I was like, why are we doing this? Oh, that's a cool thing. Oh, that's a cool thing. Oh, that's a cool thing. I'm guessing he's also doing the motion capture for every animal. Or I don't know. Even the snake. 
He's <laughs> he's <laughs> credited as Baloo. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's cool. But uh, Christian Bale is Bakira, and Benedict Cumberbatch is Shere Khan. Okay. So, and Kate Blanchett is Ka. Hmm. Um. But anyway, just it just seems like oh, this could have been a cool thing if it didn't just happen. <laughs> yes, the timing is so off. weird. Otherwise, I'd be I'd be probably slightly more interested. But if it's on Netflix, I guess I'll probably check it out. Yeah, I, on Netflix, sure. Because well, I especially because I didn't see the John Favreau one, so I'm not uh, so like uh, like I don't have that current fatigue. Like I have fatigue for that story in general. Uh, Quicksand will do that to you. But um, other than <laughs> other than that. When I was a kid, I thought quicksand was going to be a way bigger problem than it turned out to be. <laughs> that was John Mulaney, right? Yes, it was. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, it's I. It's silly. I mean, especially because the, the John Favreau one was actually really good, and I really enjoyed it. So that's why I, I was did hear like, that. I just never I, – yeah. I didn't care at the time. By the time I heard it was good, I was like, I still don't really care, but good for them. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. I just thought it was, it was just a weird one that popped up today. Okay. So why don't you go ahead and take it away? Well, I'm going to go with breaking news, because I promised breaking news to you and the peanut. Um, and for some of you who are listening, assuming we get this out on time tomorrow, which we haven't done for several weeks, um, mm. um, and that's not entirely on you. It's, it's been partially on me, too. Like, last week it's was entirely good. on me, actually. I didn't write the synopsis until Monday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so breaking news, because I just saw this about an hour before we started doing the show. Um, Star Wars announced the next live action show that is going to be in production for Disney Plus, mm-hmm. stand on streaming service, and they have optioned a TV show about Cassian Andor from Rogue One. Yep. Did you see this? I just saw it before we got on. Okay, yeah, I saw it uh, like an like an hour and a half ago. But I didn't read too far into it, so I'm, I'm waiting. So I'm for reading the official release on Star Wars's main website. Awesome. StarWars.com. Um, Diego, Diego Luna will be returning as the Rogue One hero in a spy thriller for Disney's direct-to-consumer streaming service. Bob Iger announced today that Lucasfilm is in development on a second Star Wars live-action series for Disney+, Plus, the company's new direct-to-consumer streaming service. The series, which will go into production next year, follows the adventures of rebel spy Cassian Andor during the formative years of the Rebellion and prior to the events of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Diego Luna will reprise the role of Andor, Going back to the Star Wars universe is very special for me, said Luna. I have no, I have so many memories of the great work we did together, the relationships I made throughout the journey. We have a fantastic adventure ahead of us, and this new exciting format will give us a chance to explore this character more deeply. The rousing spy thriller will explore tales filled with espionage and daring missions to restore hope to a galaxy in the grip of a ruthless empire. A release date for the series has not yet been announced. Stay tuned to StarWars.com for the latest updates. From what I understand, production on this will start sometime next year. Call it mm-hmm. rough a year from now. So don't expect to see it until 2020, probably. Yeah, that seems that seems right. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Are you interested? I, I think I can guess what your thoughts are because I know you weren't a big fan of him uh, in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Uh as opposed to me, who was a big fan of him in Rogue One, and so I'm fairly excited. I do think it's odd, slightly odd, that they're choosing to retread this ground, considering Rebels covered a lot of it. Um, mm. It will be covering different stories in different areas, but right. the same exact time period. But I liked the character. I liked his portrayal of the character. Um, 
I it's going to probably be a little bit more adult than the animated shows, I would imagine. Right. Um. So I'm I'm you're on board. Like I'm not like I'm not like marking it down on my calendar, but sure. When it drops, I'll start watching that day. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I, I'm going to be looking forward to anything, any of this new Star Wars stuff that comes out. I'm definitely going to be interested in it. And to be clear, not liking him was more of an issue with the writing of the character than uh, the actual performance. I actually think Diego Luna is pretty good. Yeah, well, I, I know Kim's a big Diego Luna fan. Yeah. But you were, I know, I know you didn't have a problem with him, the actor. I meant yep. you didn't for the character in the movie. Yeah, and that was, as we've talked about in our Rogue One episode, which you can always go back and find, it would probably, it's going to take you 65 episodes to sift through to figure out which one it is. Uh, but, uh, guys, guys, <laughs> it's the first one, part three, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, we were supposed to dig for it, Al. They were supposed to dig for it. <laughs> More downloads. Yeah, but um, I, I want them to actually get to and listen to the show. I don't right. want them to give up. <laughs> yeah, my, my biggest problem was with, with that movie was I didn't care about the characters too much except for maybe K2SO. Well, I would. they didn't say anything in this release, but I would hope that he would be in the show, if not at the very beginning, at some point considering the two of them seem to be working together for quite some time, they had a well-established relationship at the start of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And you know what, what I, and that's probably going to be the case and that would, that would be amazing. I think one of the things that I would be very interested to see from this is he's very, he's kind of that, like the end of his rope. He's, he's kind of, he's desperate by the time we see him in Rogue One. I would like to see the development of the character to that point, maybe see him as kind of younger and hopeful turn into more cynical and like willing to do the dirty work. Definitely. Um, sorry, this just reminded me that I, uh, the way I stumbled across this was actually via a tweet, um, like quote tweeting the story. And I want to find it now because I found it entertaining and I think you'll enjoy it as well. Mm. Um, it was uh, roughly about the whole idea of the, uh, the whole him, <laughs> him mercy killing that guy at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, and it was something along the lines of, uh, I'm never going to be able to find it. Um, it was like, uh, I can't wait to see how many mercy killings it got for him to, to get to that (laughs) point of desperation in the movie or something like that. (laughs) That's great. Man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for all this new Star Wars stuff. I, you know, the the longer it takes to come out, the the better it's going to be for me as we established with the, the distance between eight and solo. Sure, so. and I think they also, you'll see, because um, basically exactly a year from now will be when The Mandalorian, I believe, is going to be ready. I think they want to have it ready for, it's going to be ready day one of Disney+. Plus, Right. Um, which is supposed to be fall of 2019. Um, and so I expect if this show doesn't start taking off until then, that we would get it the next year. And I would think they would probably alternate those where they're never going to overlap. So at bare minimum, you're probably going to get six months between one season and the next. Yeah, that seems that seems fair. I'd be down for that. Cool. So uh, we'll keep you posted on that with anything new that we find. Uh, that was your breaking news. I would like to roll off of your breaking news into breaking bad news yeah. and some other AMC shenanigans. So yeah, that was what that was what I said earlier. I'm pretty sure we have the same thing. I also had that as well. So I'm going to just start with this one. I'm going to read you this first paragraph from this article on Cracked, which I just thought was hysterical. So it says, after five seasons of betrayal, bodies, and breakfast memes, we thought the adventures of meth man Walter White and his ward Jesse Pinkman, Jesse Pinkman had come to an end. But this is 2018. 
nothing ever ends. So to much surprise, it has now been announced that Breaking Bad will once again be the one who knocks. This time <laughs> as one-off movie as a one-off movie taking place right after the events of the series. And this means that finally, after five years of doubt, we might find out what happened to the real hero of the show. We're talking, of course, about Huel. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just, I, that whole write-up, I just thought it was hysterical. And then they just, they show this picture, like, of the most out-of-breath Huel shot, like, ever taken. <laughs> and it's just, it's just wonderful. <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to skip ahead to the end of it. Uh, talking about how, um, you know, where Jesse, where Jesse is at the end of it, what happened to, um, to Hank and Steve. And then it's, uh, where is it? Canonically, we have to assume that Hugh was still waiting on that couch. And then there's just a picture of him waiting on the couch at the end of the season. There was a lot of jokes and questions about that over the years. And like Vince Gilligan eventually had to come out and say, guys, Hugh's fine. Someone eventually told him, like, he's not in the house, not by there. Someone got him eventually. <laughs> right. And I, I mean, I was just say like, I, I'm all for it. I, I love this Breaking Bad universe. I, I would, I would be worried if it wasn't being written by Vince Gilligan. Yes. Uh, well, this is what I'll say. Um, I, I think I alluded to it in an episode a few weeks ago, the whole concept of like the difference between the success of Better Call Saul or something like solo Star Wars story where, in the same vein, no one no one wanted per se, or at least no one needed a story about a prequel story about Saul. But if you do a good job, everyone's gonna be there for it. Yep. And we don't really need it, and some people now want it. But I trust Peter Gold and Vince Gilligan to do a good enough job that when we've watched it, we'll be like, "Well, I'm really glad I watched that, guys." Yeah. Yeah, I they and they will. Yeah. Full faith in them. Because... I mean, the, the the next time they do something wrong will be the first time. Right. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> it was, oh my god. Like I... I may have I may have issues with an episode here and there in Soul and Breaking Bad. Sure. But like one at a time. Yeah. Like where exactly. like entire half seasons or whole seasons of like something like The Walking Dead, which I think we'll get to in a minute, um, <laughs> will piss me off. Like it'll be like one episode pisses me off, and then the next one pulled me right back in. It's like, okay, it was a blip in the road. No one gets everything right. No one is perfect. They don't all work. It's just that I'd like for most of them to work. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I, uh, yeah, it's, this is, they are, they're, the writing on those shows is stellar. Like, what I'm thinking is we're going to get, I'm thinking we'll get the one more season of Better Call Saul, and this movie will be a nice little bow that wraps up the two series together into, like, a final story, maybe. I actually wonder whether or not this might come out between the two. Between... And, like, cap it with the, yeah. with the final season? I, I don't know. That could that could be the case. Too. I wonder. I, I don't know about the time, because I'm guessing, like, when they announced this like this, it's not a theatrical release, which they were a little confusing about in the initial story. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a TV movie. Yeah. So it's like a, you know, it's like An a special AMC event original. thing. Um, yeah, so I don't see why they couldn't do that pretty quickly. But I could be wrong. Maybe it comes out, at, you know, maybe it comes out a few yeah, months after Better Call Saul. I don't know what the turnaround on that would be. Uh, it's going to depend, I'm sure, on how much of the cast they have to assemble, reassemble, whatever. I'm guessing most of the Breaking Bad cast won't be there, considering, like, a bunch of them are dead. Right. Um, 
all the meth heads are dead. Uh, Walter's dead. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> I just wish like you heard Dominic in the background. Hey. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know if you can tell in the background, but he's softly snoring right now. Oh, okay. Um, but no, he's seen all of Breaking Bad, so he's he's up on on that. But you know, and assorted uh, since I probably shouldn't spoil anything else in case anyone hasn't gotten around to finishing the show. Several other people died in the last three episodes. So um, yeah, uh, outside of like Jesse, I, I don't know how many other ones, unless you want to get like flashbacks or like ghostly Walter White's like whispering to him as he's like on the run or something like that. I don't know yeah. how many other people you had to get back for it, you know? Well, we might not know too much about the show or story now, but what we do know for sure is we will be checking in on this periodically as more news arrives. Moving on from that piece to the other part of this AMC news, and that is these AMC movies in general that they're doing. Now, in their gratuitous fashion, they will be making three Walking <laughs> Dead movies starring <laughs> Andrew Lincoln. What? <laughs> now, okay. You know, what's, you know what's so great about this? First of all, like, we're not going to get into spoilers in case anyone hasn't watched. Like, you've seen the last episode, right? Yep. And anyone who hasn't got around to it, like, I don't want to spoil it for you guys because I know I, it hasn't been appointment television for me either. Like, I watched it on Tuesday. Um, if you didn't see this coming, you haven't been paying attention for the last ever um, on this show. And, well, no, that's not fair. So the last, let's call, how, how many, was this the eighth, ninth season? They Let's say anything nine. post season two or whatever. That's the last time anything had real stakes. It feels like mm. um, <clears throat> if you haven't been paying attention, then you wouldn't have seen this coming, but everyone else in the world knew that this is what was going to happen. I think because yeah. they do everything ham handedly like this and they have no balls. Um, I'm going <laughs> to go with that metaphorically because I mean, it, the, the showrunner is a woman now um, and that's not meant in any way to denigrate her at all. Um, I so I was suckered in at the beginning of the the season. I told you guys, hey, look, it looks like they may be turning. They did not. It was a fake out. I'm sorry. That was that, this is your statements. There just reminded me of the Doctor and Family Guy, where it sounds like he's saying something horrible, but he's just stating a fact. Or the I was actually thinking of um, the Doctor from Arrested Development. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we we lost him. Wait, no, no, like, we actually just can't find him. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's not he's here. <laughs> he's there. all right. Wait, you said he was all right. Yeah, he lost his left hand. He's all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. Um, yeah, no, it, it was complete, utter trash since the second episode of this season. Um, uh, uh, you know, it was glossy trash, you know what I mean? Like, there was mm -hmm. some breeze sprayed over it. Um, it wasn't all bad it's just been mostly bad uh i didn't even watch a lot of the episode before this one i saw the last like 10 15 minutes and honestly i left again i don't want to get into spoilers in case people are a couple episodes behind the thing that happened at the end of the last episode not mm. this one the one before the thing that spurred rick's last episode yeah, yeah. i laughed out loud yeah when it was happening like i left like a moron like you know what i mean like I, when yeah we're not again. We're not going to spoil it, but it's something so ridiculous where you're just like, "Well, we know this is not how it ends, so let's yeah. just move two, on." Two things. One, really, that can you hear the snoring now? 
I, I just did, yeah. Yeah. Well, there was one particularly loud spike. Hang on. Do, do you want me to do this on air? Or do you want me to mute it when I wake him up and yell at him? I would prefer that you just let him continue to snore in the background. Okay. I guess if you're if you and the audience, well, the audience has no way of saying it. I mean, you can barely hear it, but every once in a while it comes through and it's kind of funny. It'll probably get louder. It's been getting progressively slightly louder. Um, you know, I, it's just it's like, probably half our audience listens to the show anyway. Yeah. No, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, when it, like my first thought was really that's the best they could come up with. They had all this time. This isn't new. This yeah. wasn't like like four weeks ago. He like demanded to get out of the show. They had months yeah. to prepare for this. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> they had months to prepare for this, and and that was the best they could come up with. And second of all, not only is that quote unquote the best they can come up with. It was so obvious they were setting it up for, like, that's not how he dies. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Yeah, they, uh, what, what, it's so silly because I watched an interview. That's not how anyone who matters on the show dies. That's not even people who only kind of matter die on the show. Yeah. I, uh, afterwards I want, I watched Talking Dead just, just because I wanted to, I figured they would do an interview with him. I haven't been watching the Talking Dead. I don't watch it anymore. I, I feel dirty when I watch it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of why. But uh, Yvette Nicole Brown was on it, and I think she's fantastic. And she did yeah. she did the interview with Andrew Lincoln. She genuinely loves the show. She's so amazing, is. and she, and I I kind of wish she was hosting the show. It would have been it would be so much better. I but, actually feel bad for her for loving the show so much because it's so bad now. Yeah, but she's so sweet. <laughs> no, I, that's why I feel bad for her. You're like yeah. I'm not gonna make fun of her. I feel bad for her. Like. Oh, why are you doing this to yourself? Yeah, well, so, okay. So she goes and interviews Andrew Lincoln afterwards, and he's, uh, they do a really good job of obviously pre writing the questions and pre prepping for the questions. And, uh, one of the things that was very clear to me was he says something about how, um, well, there's some stuff with Carl, and how, I'm not going to go too far into it, but like how if, he were to leave right now, it would overshadow some of the stories with Carl, so they needed to extend it a little bit longer. And I was like, oh no, that's not what happened. AMC was like, no, 16 episodes a season, we don't know what to do for six of them. So we're going to need you to come back for six of them. <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> also, I'm a little confused about, we had a big time jump, then we're going to have an even bigger time jump in the middle of the fucking season? Yeah. No, 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 no. It's not the middle. Sorry, a third of the way through the fucking season. There you go. There you go. And this is the most egregious one since the one that happened in Halt and Catch Fire. It's way more egregious, in fact. Uh, Although I will say at least I was prepared for it this time. I wasn't prepared for it in Halt and Catch Fire. I was really confused. I thought it jumped ahead of season. And it was like, nope, this is the last two episodes of a season. We're going to get a time jump of three years. I was a little confused. (laughs) But how about this? Here's what's this is this is still the thing that blows my mind. Well, not blows my mind. I mean, I should have seen it coming from a mile away. AMC is not making a movie. Three. They are making a trilogy. You don't. Well, you know. You know where why do they, you get off? <laughs> you know why they have to? Well, because you know what it is. It's just the other half season that he couldn't get out of his contract. Yeah, that's probably true. Because three movies. Is essentially six episodes. Yeah, what's a, that's about sixteen more minutes of content, right? <laughs> <laughs> With all new characters. This is a shame. No, you know what? Not all new characters. We get Jadis, which you know what? Oh, I've been like railing for a couple of episodes now. Like, what are they doing with her storyline? Like, 
they gave her a totally new storyline and totally new personality and relationship like the, through the first couple episodes of the season. And I was like, okay, there was no like warning for this, but whatever. If they're going to keep her on the show, give her something to do. Yeah. And then they really confused me with her the last two episodes. Um, I didn't watch most of, like I said, the one from last week. And I asked Dominic, I was like, did they like explain it? He's like, nope. I was like, okay, yeah, I figured. Um, <laughs> and like now there's a purpose, I guess, to have kept her around, like what she's going to be doing. Um, also super important that this is how they bring Heath back into the mix because they confirmed that Heath was disappeared by the helicopter people. Oh, they did? Yeah. In like a interview, like, like, yeah, no, he didn't just disappear to 24, live another day. Um, he, um, or whichever one that it was, um, he's, he got, yeah, he got disappeared by the helicopter people. Okay. All right. That's dumb. <laughs> uh, the other thing that's, that's crazy. Like we were like, I don't know, another five minutes away from the, I think it was like the second episode being a porno. <laughs> right. Did that happen? Right. <laughs> um, did it with, uh, Jadith and, and father Gabriel. <laughs> I, it wasn't that. There weird. was some definite cupping, and it well, made... <laughs> yeah, but everyone stayed mostly clothed. <laughs> that's that. That's the standard. That's great. Anyway, this is going to be was... a complete. Yeah, I mean, it was it was aggressive making out. That's not. I, I I assume this is going to be a, a garbage party, but <laughs> I will probably watch it anyway. I made a good joke about the garbage people earlier today. It doesn't bear setting up and telling on on air, though. <laughs> we'll it was great. It was great. It was one of those ones that's very great situationally, but would be lost in translation. Yeah, no, I just. But okay, so just to to wrap it up because we're done with this topic. To wrap it up, AMC is making four movies. One of them is related to the Breaking Bad universe, which we are very happy about. Three of them are related to the Walking Dead universe, which are probably just not going to be very good. One of them we don't need it all and is going to be great. <laughs> Three of them, we probably also don't need it all except to try to get for them to spend six hours to tell us what they're trying to tell us in one hour. Um, and it won't be good. The entire anyway. first movie is going to take place in that helicopter. <laughs> What's your next story? <laughs> um, uh, there's, I think there's one other thing that we have communal, so I'll go non-communal. Okay. Um, this is also news from today, I believe. Uh, Jeremy Irons. <laughs> Sorry, he's, he's snoring away. He's sawing yeah. logs back there. Yeah. So, like I said, should I should I wake him on air? Demoted to the peanut gallery. No. Yes. What we're gonna do is we're gonna have him on the show again at some point. Yeah. We're gonna force him to pay attention and be next to you, but we're not gonna give him one of your earphones. <laughs> he just has to try and he, breathe. He like just had. He's just gonna have to be there. <laughs> he's just gonna try to like read your lips and react to the one half of the conversation that I'm having. Yeah. You know what? Throw a shoe at the guy. I don't have a shoe. <laughs> I have uh, oh, that's a metal. Shoe? That's heavy. I got a deck of cards. <laughs> Undeterred. Wow. All right. Go ahead. What's the next? Uh, one? Watch. <laughs> I tried not to hit him in the face. Um, <laughs> Jeremy Irons is going to be in the new Watchmen show on HBO. <laughs> oh, um, as just Scar? Gonna, uh, yeah, no, he is going to he's going to be playing old Ozymandias. Okay, that's the headline. Jeremy Irons is apparently old Ozymandias in HBO's Watchmen. Oh, hey, Sleeping Beauty. I <laughs> I like him. Uh, those, uh, yeah, those cards didn't get there on accident. I threw them at you 90 seconds ago. Did you? Yes. <laughs> You're snoring pretty loud. 
Sorry about that. Anthony can hear you very clearly. Savage. Well, I was the so-called peanut gallery, was I? Um, you were the snoring gallery. Okay. Let's contribute in some meaningful way. Well, now you sound like you're wasted and you're slurring. Uh, I like him. Big fan of. Oh him. yeah, big Jeremy Irons fan. Yeah, he's he's, he's and, his, and his cereal. I don't know what. <laughs> that was a a Family Guy cutaway joke that they found a way to have two of during an episode. I don't remember which episode it was, but the whole thing was uh, like I think it was this is as um this is as boring as Jeremy Irons cereal or something like that. Oh my God. And it's a cutaway to Jeremy Irons sitting with a cereal box with his face on it. Oh my god! And he goes, "It's very bland." <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they come back to it again, and he goes, "If you're looking for a toy at the bottom of the box, there is none. Only more cardboard." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, um, when is this series come out? This, I think it comes out early next year, sometime next year. Um, I have not kept up much on the story because I wanted to not care because the movie pissed me off some and I don't understand how you make a show about it. Mm. Um, so I can read you. This was a story on the AV Club. Um, we've known for months that Jeremy Irons will be in HBO's Watchmen TV pilot, which is supposedly a quote unquote alternative reality from the one depicted in the comic and takes place after that story. But all we knew that he'd be playing and all we knew was that he'd be playing an aging and imperious lord of a British manor. Now it sounds like we may not have known that because wow, that was poorly written. Yeah. Because Slash Film now says that information was a bit of subterfuge to hide the fact that Irons is actually playing an older version of Adrian Vite, aka Ozymandias, the secret villain from Watchmen. Spoiler alert. And film episode says, name of a Breaking Bad episode. <laughs> yeah. Slash Film says it has confirmed that this news is correct, but we haven't heard anything official about it from HBO. Assuming that Irons is really playing Vite, it's important to note, point out that the leaked set photos we saw over the summer included a newspaper with a headline about Vite being dead, meaning his role in the show will either be minimal or he'll appear in flashbacks at some time. Mm. The original Watchmen started with the murder of Eddie Blake, a.k.a. the comedian, with flashbacks revealing that let, revealing what led up to his death and given the talk about this project being a remixed version of the story, opening it with the murder of Adrian Veidt and then having him pop up in the flashbacks would be a good way to pull that off. Plus, Veidt is the guy who killed the comedian. Spoiler alert, guys! So there, there would be some fun symmetry there. Uh, it's been long enough. I I actually remember enjoying <clears throat> the movie, I don't, re- but I don't remember the movie, so that's so weird. Me- me and my cousin Mike were talking about this last night. It's two. It's two, Mike. It's two that we're mentioning you today. Uh, <laughs> um, I loved the graphic novel. Oh, okay. By Alan Moore, the same guy who wrote V for Vendetta. Uh, and he also wrote a lot of other famous stuff. Um, and I was super hyped for the movie. And I was let down by it. I really disliked the change they made for the ending. Um, so visually, the movie is stunning. Um, and yeah. the fight choreography was great. Some of the performances were really good. Some of them I found was pretty flat. That, yeah, um, there was it was a lot of characters, but the, uh, but that's some of the characters over like from the book too. Like it's it's an yeah. ensemble cast. It's meant to be. It's a, it's a it's just it's a superhero team. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I was just disappointed with it a little overall. Um, some of the way it was cut up and and like 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 pace was a little choppy that I wasn't a fan of. Okay. It's okay. Like there's some bits of it that I really like, some bits that I definitely didn't. Um, it's just it's just that it disappointed me. 
I just I'm just kind of interested. I don't now it's a graphic novel. Are there there also comics like that? Like like an extended run of comics or not? Not to my knowledge, but I could be very wrong. I just know it's one it's one graphic novel. So I read the whole thing. Um, that that's what the movie covers as well. If there was any other extended material involving it, I'm not aware of it. But that's not to say that it wasn't the case. I just may have never. Like run across it or whatever. But now you said that the the HBO show takes place after the events of the movie or the comic. Both. In an alternate. They're the universe. same thing. The alternate... If it takes place after the events in an alternate timeline or universe, how does it take place after the events? I, dude, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> All right. This is um, one of those things we're just gonna have to see it play out. Yeah, the final thing I see here on this story is that uh, there are some other people who've been cast. It looks like Gene Smart uh, from Legion has joined the cast as an FBI agent, FBI agent named Blake. So I don't know if that's someone who's supposed to be related to Edward Blake or if it's supposed mm. to be like a re... Since it's, since it's an alternative reality, if it's like a different version, I don't know. Right. Weird. All right. When does this start? Um, it is doesn't say at the end of the story, which is weird. I thought it's supposed to de- debut sometime next year, but I'm not 100 uh, okay. percent sure. It, I'm probably that sounds that sounds right. Um, weird. I guess we'll we'll stay tuned for that one. Um, I'll check it out. I'd, yeah, I'd be uh, I'm, I'm getting interested in it now a bit. So uh, I'll probably watch it. on upstairs. I'll probably watch at least the first episode. So. Sure. Jeremy Irons. Yes. All right. Cool. Our next story here are a couple of classics returning to theaters this week. So on Monday, which I did not know until today, and I'm actually maybe purchasing tickets for this because I'm actually very excited. We've talked about this movie in the past. It is the 25th anniversary of Mask of the Phantasm. (laughs) And they're doing two showings on Monday, five and seven or three, two and seven, I think it was. And that's it. And then we're done. It's just like a one-time deal. So I feel kind of obligated to go. That's a VHS whose film is definitely warped. Yeah. <laughs> Buried somewhere in my house. That yep. was one of my favorite movies as a kid. Even though I in probably one of like wasn't... the bubble boxes, right? I probably wasn't smart enough to get it. Yeah. Really. Um. So I remember being kind of confused by it as a kid until I got a little older. I have not seen it in at least 20 years. Yeah. It's been a very um, long time for me as well. I actually, I don't know that I've seen it <coughs> since I've seen it on TV the first time. I don't think it was a bubble box one, though, actually. I think it was no. a slide over cardboard. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. I remember the box art vividly, though. Yeah, it was the Mask of the Phantasm. With the bat underneath <laughs> it, with the wings up. Anyway, I, yeah. I'm really excited, and I want to see that. I, I actually... I, I. I may be going on at 7 o'clock on Monday to go see that, and I encourage you to do the same, and maybe we'll just do an episode on this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if I'll be able to so see you it. So you go find your VHS tape, and I'll go to the movies. <laughs> it's got to be available digitally somewhere, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. The other thing is it's like the 40th anniversary of Superman, and that's going to be coming to theaters as well. Oh, that's kind of cool. I, I, I like that. I like a good return, return to the form. Get that on the screen. Let me see it in all its cinematic glory i i I just guys i love movies 
I love going to the movies. You, you I love seeing a, things that I love at really, the movies. You missed a really obvious joke of I I, I miss the return of Superman. Or, <laughs> or I'm down for the return of Superman. <laughs> but uh, I'm this this excites me. The other like I think it was last it was last year. Um, Kim and I saw Clue in theaters, and I was like, this is just great. I've seen this movie a hundred times. But yeah, I'm gonna go see it. I love this movie. This was so good. And as we're sitting there, we're sitting there, we're eating our popcorn, we're laughing, we keep turning to each other. This is so great. Like <laughs> I love, I love seeing things in the theaters, and I, I just, I cannot stress this enough. The movies are amazing. They are. That's it. That's it. And That's TV all is amazing it. too now. TV is pretty great. It'll never be quite like going to the movies. Sure. Going to the movies is just, just do it. Just do it. What are you doing? Turn this off. Go to the movies. <laughs> I encourage it. <laughs> Finish listening to this before you go to the movies. Or listen to it on your way. That too. I don't know where Mike's going. I know he listens to us on the car. Going to work. <laughs> Maybe you're going to the movies. Maybe you're going somewhere where you don't really have to be there. You could turn around and go to the movies. If we get one person to change course and go to the movies, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. <laughs> this, this show is over. All right. What What's next? <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I'm just so out of it today. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so um, I stumbled on something kind of cool that I have not listened to yet, but I definitely have to check out, which it's funny because I'm a guy who has a podcast, but I'm not really a podcast guy yet. <laughs> <laughs> just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you're a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> No, I've started listening to a couple of sports ones just because they're uh, done by writers who I enjoy. So it's just an sure. extension of their work. Um, but a lot of times when I'm in the car, I listen to like sports radio, that like the shows that are actually on or whatever game is on. Mm-hmm. So um, I've a lot of like time where I would be looking for a show to listen to in the car. Um, but this show that is debuting on The Ringer, um, it's a limited run. It's not like going to be a continuing thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the podcast is going to be called Villains. It's a new podcast dedicated to breaking down the ins and outs of Hollywood's greatest bad guys. Okay, what is this called? <laughs> called Villains with Shay Serrano. He's one of the top contributors on uh, The Ringer. So I will read you, there's one paragraph describing what the show will be about. Villains is an eight-episode podcast series about movie villains. Each episode will be about a different villain from a specific kind of movie. What I mean is, there is an episode about a high school movie villain, Regina George, she's the second episode in the series, and an episode about a superhero movie villain, Killmonger from Black Panther, he's the third episode in the series, and an episode about a psychological thriller villain, Hannibal Lecter from The Silence of the Lambs, he's the first episode in the series. There's also a horror movie villain, a gangster movie villain, a revenge movie villain, a karate movie villain, and an animated movie villain. It's going to be good and fun and smart, or at least I hope it is anyway. Thank you. That's amazing. That's the pitch. I um, am officially I think the first subscribed. Episode, I got I think it. The first episode was up today. I, I don't know if it's every day or throughout the week or throughout the couple of weeks or whatever, but I'm looking forward to listening to this. What's the most villainous thing that Regina George does? That's the so far the caption of this. This is great. I'm I'm all over this. It yeah, I a, thought you'd be interested. I thought anyone who's interested in this show might be interested in this as well. So done, done, and done. This is this is great. <coughs> I'm so excited. I love I love finding a new podcast. Just got to add it to my movies podcast playlist. We're good to go. <laughs> Fantastic. We're on there too. 
Just saying. <laughs> guys, guys, if you start listening to it, start tweeting at Shay and tell them you heard about it from us because Ooh. our referral does not mean very much to him. But if he were to refer us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Awesome. That, that's exciting. That's a, I like that. I'm, I'm very interested. Cool. And it's just an eight episode thing. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I appreciate not committing to like this is just a thing that we're going to release every week or every month. Like this, some things this have limits. Probably it's, get old quick. It's yeah, it's okay to have limits and to just do like a this is the podcast equivalent of a mini series, and I yeah, appreciate like, it. Like I could see this one being this could have been twenty episodes. Like you could right. come up with twenty great villains. Um, sure. so eight may end up being not enough. Right. Uh, maybe next year they would decide to decide to. Um, sorry, Dami just woke up again. Uh, <laughs> they might eventually decide to re- revisit. It, I don't know. Um, but eight is probably under promising, right? Um, yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to it, and I'll listen to every one, even if it's about just because it sounds like such a cool concept, even if it's from a movie I didn't necessarily see, or maybe I'd watch the movie and then listen to it. Yeah, yeah, I'm all for it. I thought you were you did that thing, Al. You did the thing where. You, what you I just, gestured? You ended the sentence without punctuation, and I thought you had more to say. <laughs> there was that's what that extra pause was at the end. No, that gesture. Yeah, that it was, denotes finality. That was it. All right, cool. The you know, the listeners can't see that shit. No, but you can. I can. Uh, <laughs> the next story on, on my list, which I believe you said is the other overlap, is the Kingsman debacle. And why is it a debacle? Yes, so that is overlap. There was like I came across. Numerous tweets and articles of people freaking the fuck out that Taron Egerton wasn't going to be in the next Kingsman movie. Yes. And sorry, in what was said in the titles and inside of the articles, the third Kingsman movie. And that is not what's happening here. The next Kingsman movie is a prequel. He will be in the third in the trilogy around that character. Okay, I was a little confused because the quotes he gave are very confusing if that's the yes. truth. Yes. Because I didn't see that follow-up story. I saw this story um, yesterday or the day before, and I've just been holding on to it for when we did the show. I didn't bother texting you about it. So let me get this here. Uh, let see if I can pull it up. Because I will say, I will paraphrase his quotes, was, yeah, I'm not in the next one, but this isn't the last you've seen of me as Exy. But there's a story that they're doing with the next one that doesn't involve me. Yes. So which Mark is a confusing thing to say. Without including that one of them is a prequel. Mark Miller, 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 Millar, Millar, Mark Millar, he tweeted in response to all this confusion. He said, people seem awfully confused by this. The Kingsman movie Matthew is shooting in the new year is a prequel set at the beginning of the organization in 1918. As reported a while back, Kingsman 3 comes later. Oh, so but that the next one that will hit the screen is this prequel one. That's what it sounds like. Yes. That's kind of dumb. I would rather them do it after the, the story is over. Unless there's some sort of thing that they they maybe uh, they did some stuff with characters that they're maybe running out of. So maybe they have to kind of reset expectations and inject somebody in for a storyline that they're trying to do. I'm not no, really I'm sure. Guess, I'm guessing it's probably scheduling related. Could be because Taron Egerton's become very busy all of a sudden. Hmm. He's a pretty good actor. It's not like yeah, I, I like I'm, him. I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually becoming. I had zero interest. I'm actually becoming slightly interested in this new Robin Hood movie he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. So, and that's out like soon, really Except soon. Except something about that was really, it's really terrible. So during the World Series, they kept playing trailers for this movie, um, and there was, it was actually a bad cut of a trailer. 
the audio is not synced, it's not refined, and it was jittery, and it makes it look like it's a B movie, like shot on like a <laughs> personal like JVC camera. Nice. And I was just like, now I know that it doesn't look like this or sound like this because I've seen the trailer before. But if this is your first experience with this trailer, you're like, what is this hot trash? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was like, why? Why are they doing this? They're paying yeah. a lot of money for this slot. What's happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, mo- yeah, money. Anytime, anytime, you know, NBA Finals, NHL Finals, like you know, Stanley Cup Finals, whatever, like Super Bowl stuff like that. Any of those um, commercial spots definitely are super expensive. It just seems. It just seems. Good, so good night, Peter Gallery and Dexter. <laughs> so, I, uh, I, I love Kingsman, and I am super interested in seeing a prequel movie. I think it would actually be very entertaining. I don't yeah, know. I, again, this goes into the we probably don't need it, but I trust them to make a good movie. And this would probably be more interesting than just like Harry the Younger Years. Sure. I'd be much more interested in like the origins of the organization or whatever. Right, which is what it Cause is. Because we get the same theme and some of the same stuff, but it's going to be old-timey, high-tech gadgetry with a new cast of characters in the same like vein, thematically, whatever. Um, I'm... It's going to be fine. I'm sure they're not doing it in this order for any nefarious purposes. Yeah. It's a little irritating, frustrating. I'd rather the continuity of story and then go back to it. But maybe that's, they feel... I, that's fair. I, I maybe they feel that there would be less appetite. Like, there'll be maybe the people will be, feel like... But I, I would guess it's probably a schedule thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. I'm not, I'm not worried. I Especially, I, um, maybe sure they're worried... <laughs> maybe they're worried that the eternally postponed gambit movie is going to keep Channing Tatum away from doing the third. Oh my God. Stop. <laughs> Get out of here with that. <laughs> maniacal laugh. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be maniacal, but it became that. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. That, that's it for my stories. What else you got? Um, I have one last discussion point. Um, okay. What are we watching? Oh, so I will say some things that I have just recently finished watching. Okay. Um, I just finished Daredevil, Se- Daredevil season two, and and it was most excellent. Oh, oh, okay. So good. So very excited. I, I've heard a lot of people try to compare between the first and third season. Which one's the best? I it's been what now five six years since the first season came out. Uh-huh. Um, like I remember it. I remember it being good, but like. I don't really, really remember it that sure, well, you know what I sure. mean? Because there's been so much of those shows, um, and I just I didn't have time to go back and rewatch it or anything. Um, like, and I remembered everything of importance that was going on. Like none of the callbacks and stuff like felt lost on me. Right. But to to be able to judge it against that, I, I just don't have that ability at the moment. Really. Um, all I'll say is it's really good. I'm excited. I. Yeah, I'm only well for what I'm watching. I'm only I'm still only an episode into Punisher, but I was really enjoying it. Uh, I'm trying not to get too far. Like I don't want to just watch it and get ahead of Kim because I know she's interested, and I yeah. can't I can't suffer the same way I did with Westworld and then not see the rest of it. So I'm I'm playing my cards on this one. <laughs> so yeah, I can understand that. Once we get through that, then I will obviously move on to Daredevil, and I'll be very excited about it because I absolutely love that character. Um, but and I, this is again another one where. There's really not that much. Um, there's like like an oblique reference to the defenders. It's it's more of like this. I have this weird thing with video games too. Where there's like, more more impact of. Um, 
the Punisher, actually. Although, again, it's really um, more about the Punisher's um, like presence in season two of Daredevil than the like, yeah. Punisher's thing himself. The only stuff with the Defenders is mostly about what happened at the very end of it. But like all all, all tie-ins, even Electra, that's the only stuff that matters about the Defenders. Right. Nothing matters about Luke Cage or Iron Fist or Jessica Jones. In fact, he doesn't say any of their names. But look, the thing is, all tie-ins with these with the different series, they they're all Easter eggs at best. They're not. They can't be. Fully no, it's not relevant. true. There's there's an entire team up episode in Luke Cage with Danny. Danny's in the whole. In a whole episode, but you can probably be if you just watch Luke Cage, though you would probably be fine. I would imagine, um, unless you didn't watch the Defenders or Iron Fist at all, and you're like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" But even if you didn't, is it? Are you certain that there's not enough of an explanation? Because they do a pretty. It's it's a weird thing to do if you go back and watch it. Well, because really it's like, yeah, hey, buddy, and they're like clearly friends, and they're like bantering, mm-hmm. and then like. There's a callback to something they do together in the Defenders and the whole thing that's going on. Yeah. Um, and then even more so in the second season of Iron Fist, Misty Knight from Luke Cage is in like the two thirds of the show. Right. Um, and like there's a bunch of there's references to what happens at the end of Luke Cage season but I'm, two. What I'm saying though is all these the fact that they have their own shows and the fact that they've had previous experiences are mostly just sugar on top of it because the story itself is usually self-contained. Mostly. Um, but yeah, that's I mean that's the point. Well, the thing is, since Daredevil season three doesn't pick up at the end of Dare season Daredevil season two, it picks up at the end of the Defenders. Mm-hmm. The end of the Defenders is important. Everything that went on with that is important. So if you didn't see it, you'd be a little confused. Yeah. <clears throat> but outside of that, there's one reference to the Defenders, and it's an oblique reference where someone's like, why can't you call your friends to are a little less mortal than you are? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, this is my fight. Right. And then literally the last three minutes of the final episode, he just like takes a pot shot at Jessica <laughs> and says to someone, you're... Uh, you're a great investigator um, and you're way more stable than Jessica Jones. And like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's silly. I, uh, it's really good. I am excited to get into that. I, I think I had mentioned on the last episode that I, I watched an episode of Sabrina and I would like to watch the rest of that. Haven't gotten to it yet. So I'm currently watching uh, Flash and Arrow. I'm actually trying to keep up to date on because I fell really far behind last season and I actually just finished the previous season's and I'm now caught up on the current season. So Flesh and Arrow, Punisher, Sabrina, uh, The Good Place. Have you guys started watching Scrubs? No, but I have all of them. <laughs> I, well, that's why I asked, because we talked about it a few times, and you and Kim were saying how you wanted to sit down and watch it. And then I went. To, well, I was bored the other night, didn't have anything to watch, and I decided to start knocking some stuff out. And I went on Plex, and... I realize that I don't have Damien's access anymore. Did he cut us off? Or? No, sometimes it just goes out. Okay. But I had access to yours. Yeah. And I saw Scrubs was sitting on there. Yep. I was like, oh, I, I wonder if they started watching. I added it right after we talked about it. Okay. But uh, It was I, more just I was asking because I saw it and I was like, oh, yeah, I thought we were talking about it. I wonder if they started watching. Yeah, I, I definitely want to see. I, I, I want to watch that. I've been interested. Um, not going to get started on that, though, probably anytime soon. 
because there's a so much other stuff um, going it's on. Good. It's good. You know, you're never going to, I don't think you'll regret sitting there to watch it, but there are a lot of episodes, like 108. Yeah, I think it was like 126 were listed. Uh, I, th- I honestly thought it was more because I thought it was, I thought it was eight seasons times twenty-four. Uh, it could be. Uh, some seasons might be short. There's also, I'm sure, it existed during some writer strike at some point. Who knows? The I, I think I have all of them, but maybe not. Um, there's a. I'm also watching Walking Dead, and um, this is us. Okay. And I think. I think that's. I think that's. Oh, and last week tonight. I love last week tonight. I did just watch the finale, the season finale of Always Sunny, and it was confusing. If anyone's watched it, um, <laughs> it uh, it was a weird episode, which is not uncommon for them. And I was actually good with the whole episode. It just wasn't a good season finale. Mm. Like, if it was just existed during the run of the season, wouldn't have thought anything of it. Right. But as they it's, close, it doesn't feel right. No, because it's about two characters the whole time. Then it's about Mac and, and Frank the whole time. And then like Charlie and Dee show up for like two minutes. And like the end of it is not the end of a story. Like it's not the end of the of a season story. <laughs> it's not really, it's kind of the end of the episode story. That's <laughs> stupid. It, yeah, it was weird. I, I don't if know. If you I can't what's his uh what's Mac's real name? <laughs> What's that? What's the actor that plays Mac's name? Um, Rob McElhenney. If you get a chance, you really need to listen to the armchair expert with him. It's really great. Especially, oh yeah, you were mentioning that the other day, right? Uh, it's so it's so funny. It's so, it's so funny. I absolutely love that podcast. I was watching with my brother, and he's like, "Oh my god, I didn't. I guess I hadn't noticed this season because he didn't see the whole new season." Uh-huh. Um, he's like, he's like super jacked. I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, like, like they made a big joke about it in the first episode." Like he just keeps taking his shirt off and like to show off how jacked he is, and uh-huh. they just like keep yelling at him to put his shirt back on. Yep. And this is it's great considering like was it three four years ago when he got super fat. Yeah, he talks now about that entire journey, back. and it's amazing. And in the amount of effort that went into that for the, a single punchline of them telling him to put his shirt back on, which is yes. that's the whole thing. And that's like just the the discipline and what he put his body through to go to, to both of these lengths is just hysterical. And he, I don't know if he needs to stay that cut. I mean, he definitely doesn't need to stay that cut. I really hope he doesn't get fat like that again because he's gonna definitely be another one of these guys who like gets diabetes when he's like fifty. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I just I just got a flash of uh, Christian Bale as Dick Cheney. Yeah, it was, it's like there's terrifying. no way he doesn't get some sort of thing like Tom Hanks. Basically said, like, I got diabetes from getting fat and skinny all the time. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, I, uh, but, yeah, like I said, watch that. Watch that episode. Um, not watch. Listen to that episode of Armchair Expert. It's, it's great. I'll have to try and check, check out that show. I probably won't listen really to, funny. like, every episode, but I'm sure no. I'd be interested in no, pick, pick and choose the one the people that you're interested in seeing or listening the to. Other, the other thing that I just watched, I texted you about the other night, and that's Unbreakable, mm-hmm. which I had never seen before. Yeah, I had, I'd like to rewatch that. Is that on Netflix? Was, no, I well, it might be. I it was one of those things where I just happened to see it on the guide, oh, and I was okay. like, I'm gonna record that and watch that one day. And I recorded it a few months ago. Um, and the only reason I even like cared to was I saw the trailer for Glass when it came out, mm-hmm. and a bunch of people got hyped up about it. And I was like, Oh, this is that thing that like had to do with like Split or whatever. I didn't even know Unbreakable existed. 
That's so until, funny I, until I looked into it and I was like, why am I not aware of this? Like, I get why I didn't <laughs> see the movie. I was like, why am I not aware of it? Right, right. A billion movies I haven't seen, but I'm aware of. Yeah. Like, a, like it's pretty rare that someone, like, mentions a movie that I don't have at least some nugget of awareness or knowledge about it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's that one with this person. Or, oh, that was about that. Like, like yeah. if it came out during my lifetime, at least, you know, and a lot of the ones that came out before my lifetime, um, like... I had no functional awareness of this movie at all until the trailer for Glass came out, and then I was interested. I was like, oh, apparently people like this movie. It's kind of a cult classic, it seems like. It's weird. It's not talked about more or mentioned more because if so many – well, I won't say if so many people liked it. If the people who liked it liked it so much, and it came out sandwiched between The Sixth Sense and Signs when M.I. Chamalan was still making good movies, it's weird that I'm not like aware of this. Mm-hmm. No, it is um, funny to me that you're that you're not because I, I I remember I it being it. big. I was definitely too young when I saw it. Well, it came out in the year two thousand, so if you saw it like at that time, then yeah, probably. And it was I don't remember how I felt about. It. I actually don't remember. I I vaguely remember scenes of the movie that terrified me, and it wasn't like that the movie was scary. It was just that Samuel L. Jackson was really creepy. But he wasn't meant to be no. scary. No, I know, I know that fully aware. But he he came across he was creepy to me in the movie and that's, and that's I mean what I, I could I, I could see being like unsettled by him slightly just as like a person because he's got a very particular presence about him. Yep, it's the, but it's like, the presence, the hair, like, the carrying of himself. He he comes across as like a. I guess I'm just surprised, like for at the time, like the age you would have been when it came out, like it should not you shouldn't have been like afraid of it. You know what I mean? No, like, he was just it just it just creeped me out. But I don't remember like I don't remember the movie. 12, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's not like you were like. Seven? No, but I, I really, I don't remember. I, I really don't remember what it was, what, what happened in it, and I, I, said, I definitely I want said, to watch it again. But I said to to Mike when I was there, you go, three mics. Uh, I was t- talking with him last night. Um, it kind of fits in with this current realm of good superhero movies, meaning like Nolan Batman's MCU's. Um, it's a superhero. It's a movie about a superhero. But it's not a superhero movie, right? Um, it's a very like cerebral, and it's like about like the human condition and like the questions we ask ourselves about ourselves and the world around us, mm-hmm. not about a guy fighting crime, right? Um, and it's a mystery. Like the, the movie is a mystery. The it's funny. Like the reason I want to watch it again is because I've I've been super interested in watching Split. But I, yeah, I don't really care to see that so much, considering I mostly heard bad reviews of the movie. Apparently, some people liked it a fair amount. Um, but I was very curious about the trailer for Glass, and so I wanted to watch this. And now I guess I'll watch Split as well because I'm sure I'll be right. missing out on the context. Well, for that's Glass. the thing is, I really want to watch Split, but I knew that there was like a post credit or some tie in to Unbreakable, and I wanted to rewatch that before I saw it. And like time got away from me, I didn't get to see it in theaters, and now it's just like. Now there are just two things that are available that I can see at any time that I really want, but I haven't taken the time to watch them. <laughs> well, that's exactly what it's been. I've had this recorded for like four or five months, yeah. and I finally like had a night where like there was no game I wanted to watch. Um, I had just finished Daredevil, so I don't have anything to watch. Like, mm-hmm. um, so I was like, oh, you know, I got two hours. I can knock this out. Like, nice. It was good. I, I'm glad I finally watched it. It was very much not what I expected. Yeah, I have to. I have to check it out again. Sweet. What else you got? 
Uh, I mean, that's it. That's, that's what I've been watching. I guess I have decisions to make about what to watch next. I'm really torn over whether I'm going to watch House of Cards or not. I, th- I think I might just not watch it. This would be the first time in a while that I, like, just chose not to watch something of, like, a show I enjoyed. Hmm. Why? I, just don't know, I don't know if I should care about it with Kevin Spacey. And this isn't, like, a, like a show of solidarity for Kevin Spacey. I, I honestly think that, all things considered, they should have just not made another season of the show. They should have just ended it. Hmm. Um, I don't care enough about her character and what's going on, and it. This is now like this is not going to be a continuing. Like this is going to be the final season. Yeah. So like I don't like why should I care? I, because it's the close of a story that you're interested that you were interested in at one point. I guess, I'm, I'm I'm very interested to watch it. So much time has passed, and all of, like it's so fraught with these issues that like. I just like maybe I'll watch it eventually, but it's not going to be a priority for me. Sure, I I would like to see if they if they actually close out the story or wrap it up in some. I, I'm some sure way. they will. So um, it's just like, definitely want to watch I, it. Like, I just don't like I don't need a reboot of something for its ending. Is what it comes down to. Yeah, I don't really see it that way though. It seems like the, I feel like they handled they handled the ending of the last season quite well. That I that this would have made sense. Anyway, so I, in my opinion, so I would, I'd be happy to, to, a certain happy extent, to watch it. Yes, but the thing is, I guess they would have spent time dealing with him being frozen out at the end of last season. Maybe, yeah. Um, and now it's just going to be like a time jump to well past that. And like, a, it's kind of a soft reboot with for a final season. Like it just don't, it doesn't make sense. Like if they were, like I said, if they were going to continue on, like if this was a soft reboot, and then they were going to continue the show for a few years. I would watch it and be like, yeah, okay, let's see where it goes. And if it's good, I'll stick with it or not. Um, like, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want a, a reboot of a story uh, in the final chapter. I, I, like, if you, I were a, if you were reading a book and, like, that's what happened at the end of the book. And then, like, you had another couple chapters about, uh, like, a new story, but it's finishing up the story. You liked the end of Parks and Rec, right? Yeah, but they didn't kill off Leslie Nope. No, but they did jump ahead. But it was with the exact same cast of characters doing the thing. You know what I mean? It's it's he's one character. I don't know. I I would say there's he's no, the character though. You'll, you'll have to you'll have to watch it to actually pass judgment on it though. It would be like if the final season of Dexter Dexter died and it was following Deb. I wouldn't have watched that season. Or if Breaking Bad, if the fourth season ended with Walter dying and the fifth season was just about Jesse, I probably wouldn't have watched it. You definitely would have watched it. I don't think I would have. I I think that you are a fan enough of the writers that you would have continued watching it. Regardless. No, you don't, you don't understand. House of Cards has been one of my favorite shows its whole run. Mm-hmm. Just this, like in the same category as a Dexter or a Breaking Bad, or the Newsroom, or Game of Thrones, like or the Americans, it's right up there. I I, I don't think I would have watched it. That's that's that seems that seems silly to me to not finish it out. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I got so many other things to watch. Like I, all right. If you're not interested, you're not interested. I I will definitely be finishing it, and I'm I'm okay with where it's going, and I'm kind of curious to see how they how they play it out. But I'm oh, I'm, 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 I'm glad I'm glad that it's it's ending though because i a lot of these things do go on for a little too long it'd be like if the last season of 
Walking Dead that killed off Rick Grimes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right. That's enough. No, of that. I don't regret someone else being interested in wanting to watch it. I yeah. just don't see why I should. I just don't see why I should care. Basically. I'm just I I'm just surprised cuz I feel like you like normally would like to see the whole like, the entire picture of what was put out there cuz you I, I like do. You, Once I get engaged in something, I like to see it yeah, through. That's why it seems out of character for you. Yeah, well, uh, I guess uh, maybe if they had done it in a timely fashion, it be, feels like it's been so long since the show ended that like I don't care anymore. Has it been that long? I don't really remember. Yeah, it comes out. It's supposed to come out once a year. It's been like two years. Is it really? Wow, that's crazy. I guess that is, I guess that is true. I guess I finished the last season. Like I, I like I. That was a show that like when it dropped, I watched it within a week of it dropping. Oh yeah. Like, well, I'm also a long time since I've watched it. I also don't watch it right away, and I kind of spread it out a little bit. So there's that. There's also that aspect. I could have all. I I think by the time I finished it, it probably had aired much more in advance of when I finished it the yeah. last season. But. I mean, I guess that makes sense from like a timing standpoint, like yeah. fe- feeling more like like pressure to you, but like yeah, it feels like it's been forever since huh. I watched it. So like well, I'll let you know if it's worth it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, no time soon. <laughs> Let's be serious. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I will I'll definitely finish that off. Cool. Shall we get into our flick of the week? Yes. All right. Season, yeah. Season five dropped um, May thirtieth, twenty seventeen. So it's been okay. eighteen months. All right. All right. Okay. So uh, for this week's flick, we are doing V for Vendetta. Uh, I think this came to us while we were while we were hanging out drinking pumpkin beers. I think we were thinking about this one just because November. Uh, it, was the, was right it, was the, the it was the it was the aftermath when I realized that 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 day was. November 4th, and I was Rapidly like, oh, tomorrow's the 5th of November, went home, me and my brother watched it, and I was like, yeah, we should just do it this week. Yeah. People can listen to it if they watch it this week, or if they were on the fence about, oh, should I sit down and watch it this week? Watch it, listen to the show, or listen to the show if you've already seen it, sit back down and watch it, because you know you love it. Yeah, so just to, just to point this out, our episode choices are not, like, locked in, and that's why you can send your request to flicksintosix at spintune.com, and we will pick up the uh, the movies that you would like us to cover. Um, the the thing about this movie is you should probably be watching this movie once a year around the 5th of November, because it's just, man, does this movie hold up, and that's where I would like to start. Well, that was part of, that's what it was. That was part of how the conversation started. We were talking about movies that hold up or don't hold up. Uh, from just purely a visual standpoint. Yep. And this was what we were talking about as an, of, of an instance of something definitely standing up. And it's really funny because this movie, like, it, it holds up in a lot of ways. One, the the set design of everything going on, is it's it's just really well done. Yes. The, like, I because most of it is practical. Um, all of it. And, well, aside from, like, swirling knives in slow motion... But that's not a set design thing. <laughs> yeah, right. But I'm saying like that. It's really funny because like it, that stuff looks really good. And even even for now, like when did the movie come out? 2005 or 2006. So damn, holy shit. Okay, that I, I feel old. Um, that <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, but the I was watching it again and watching the slow motion scene of the knives flying through the air. Not bad. Like it's no. it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, and I'm just like that, like uh, for like the only like really over the top special effect thing, that and maybe him standing in fire screaming, the, yeah. those, those two things, 
The, still, the... still better than the fire scene from Wonder Woman. Oh my god! <laughs> it's got to come up at least once an episode, doesn't it? Well, if, no. Anytime you talk about someone being filled with fire, though, that's, that's true. Or an entire wall of CGI. But I uh, mean, like... just, give me, just hang on one second. Okay. Nice. <laughs> but <laughs> it's a. Uh, it just. It really does. It really holds up. And one of the things that that stands out to me the most is is V's lair and just all of the. The shadow gallery? <laughs> that is around, yeah. All, all the stuff that he's got around there, it's just like, it's so, I feel like every little piece is so well thought out and well placed. And it's just like, they do they do some really solid world building. Yes. And it's, man, it's just, it, the movie's a treat every time I watch it. Yes. What, was it him or was it, um, what was the name of the guy? Is it Arthur? No, Dietrich, sorry. Was it him or Dietrich who had the picture of God Save the Queen but it was John Hurt as Dietrich. Queen Elizabeth. It was Dietrich? Yeah. That was the best piece of art that any of them had, like, of the yep. band art. That it was, was incredible. That, yeah, that was that. The was thing really is, silly. I don't think I, I... I may have never... It's been a while since I've watched the whole movie. I didn't sit down and watch the whole movie last year. Okay. It's been at least two or three years since I've seen the whole thing. I think I've caught bits of it sometime in the past year or so. Um, I, I may have never put two and two together that that was him. Like, I think I just... My eyes have oh, really? Watched drawn to something else on the screen where it never actually clicked for me that it was right, him so. as Queen Elizabeth. I like that. That, that. That's I like I like the idea that you just like ne- like it just never registered. Yeah, that's because... what it was. Like I've seen it it just never quite clicked that oh, that's him dressed as the queen. <laughs> but like you can you can get a lot of like there are little things like that that when you watch a movie over and over again like even you know yes. even especially if you spread it out like little things that you'll notice that you didn't notice before. And I there's, I a, love there's that. another thing that was big for me that I noticed um was I was always a little bit hazy on the whole deal with when he meets with the detectives and yeah, what that yeah. was all about and I it finally clicked fully for me what exactly was happening there. I was like, "Oh yeah, I should have gotten that before." What were you going to mention that happened for you? Well, I'm kind of curious. Let's stick with yours because mine actually happens pretty close after that. But what were you What were you talking about? No, I was always a little confused. Like he does the thing where he fake. This is like full, full spoilers, guys. Oh so yeah, the it, movie we years. just said 2005, right? Yeah, uh, it's 2005 or 2006. Okay. Um, oh, whoa, that one year can make a difference. Yeah, uh, all the difference in the world. In fact, no, uh, actually, <laughs> I think what it was. I think it was supposed to be released on November 4th, 2005, and something happened. It got released early 2006. Oh. Okay. Um, because that was like the that was the 400th anniversary of right. the gunpowder treason plot, um, and something happened that got pushed back like six months. Um, yeah. So the whole thing where he sits down as faking, to, he's pretending to be Rookwood, the guy, one of the guys they've been looking for on like the roster of people, and he tells them the whole story. This is to Finch and his right hand man, whose name I forgot. Um, I could look it up while you go. Yeah, um, so he tells them the story, and then he asks them to put surveillance on uh, Mr. Creedy. Dominic. Dominic, yes. Um, He asks Dominic and Finch to put surveillance on Creedy because they finally – they know something is wrong with what's been going on. Now that they're outwardly supporting, but they're – Right. They need need the answers because they know that there's so much more wrong than they thought. He asks them to put eyes on Creedy. He says, but I believe that, like, you guys can, um, that he can't even, like, like, was it, like, when he can't even, like, like pass gas without you knowing about it or something? Or pick, <laughs> yeah. pick his nose pick his without nose. you guys knowing about it? Um, then I'll contact you. And then he goes and sneaks in to meet Creedy. 
And I was always just like, and then and then Finch gets mad at him when he finds out that Rookwood that was actually dead and that wasn't actually him. Yeah. I was always confused about what the whole thing was. It finally clicked for me what that whole thing was about. The surveillance? Yes. To make him think that the other guy's watching him? It was to make him think that Sutler was about to right. strike at him before he struck at Sutler. Yeah. Because um, I was always like, well, why would he want him to have extra surveillance when he's going to be going to sneak in there? And then why does Finch get mad when he sneaks in there? He doesn't even know he's there. That's the whole point. And then I, uh, I finally was like really paying close attention. Like I knew the whole gist was he wanted Creedy to bring Sutler to him. And it was like the actual like recognition for whatever reason never stuck with me. The whole thing was he says, he says like, you know, we both know that you're going to strike first before he strikes on you. You must've noticed the edits of Valence. And yep. he says, bollocks. And I was like, oh, okay, he's trying to get him just as paranoid. Got it. I yep. should have picked up on that before. I don't know why it was never clicking <laughs> for me. No, yeah, that, that's funny. And that's I, – I, I love that. Like, there's um, that's another thing. Like, you kind of – you just like – little, and it could be something like that, like a plot point or like it could be something very subtle. One of the things that I – for me that it was that I picked up this time around was the – so after Evie goes through her whole ordeal where he basically – you know, he, he, he doesn't break her. And she comes out stronger of this cell that he's had her, uh, that V has had her in, like captive in for a while. And he brings her to the roof, and they do like this whole the the baptism like by, by water juxtaposed with the baptism by fire. Yeah, and I just I just thought that was really cool. Like how after that I'm realizing, oh, like you're putting her through. Like I know, like this was clear to me always, but just like really thinking about, like you're putting her through, making her you, like putting her through the exact same experiences that you had. Like up to the point of even like you're sharing the letters with her that were shared to you that made you the person that you are. Like it's just he's just like cloning himself, and it was, <laughs> it was like a really crazy concept to me. Um, yeah, I mean that's that whole that is you're right. That's cool the the way that that all mirrors, and there's a lot of mirroring and cyclicalness like to all of this. It is cool that I think we should get into. Yeah, but um, that's. The realization of all of that has always made me uncomfortable, but watching it again now, sitting and watching the whole thing, man, that's fucked up. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. And I was, that's the other thing that I was thinking of is like, this is really bad. Like, it's essentially Stockholm Syndrome. Not, it, yeah, and, it is. And it's like, it's like boring on like, well, not boring. It is torture. And like, considering everything that's going on with the power imbalance between male, female, like, yeah, all the Me Too movement, everything like that. I don't think you could make that in a movie today. Like yeah. it's like super fucked up it, because it it's because like he's like doesn't apologize, right? He's like, "I made you better this way," and it's like, "No, that's that's wrong." Uh, uh, I can't <laughs> say that. No, uh, like but, that's that's super fucked up, man. <laughs> no, I absolutely agree, and that's actually the other thing that crossed my mind while I was watching it. I was like, "Oh, like." This is straight up Stockholm Syndrome, and I totally bought into it every other time where I watched this movie where I was just okay with it. Yes. Like, where it's like, like, oh, like, that must have really sucked, but now they're closer than the But now we're the good guy. Like, like, we're going to do this Now, like, yeah, that's what it is. is, is, It's like, like, he tortured her and kidnapped her um, and Stockholm Syndromed her for good. But it's like, that doesn't make it okay. (laughs) Exactly. Like, you were... You're a, there's like a fine line <laughs> between like being a sociopath and not, and he's like flossing his teeth with it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But the, 
with the other piece of it that it's like right after that is like I when I was reali- realizing like how manipulative he was because he is super manipulative, which is actually one of the greatest things about this character is how yeah. is how he gets away with all this stuff. He manipulates well, the entire city of people, and it's like, yeah, but it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. You're better now. Uh, <laughs> but he, what I love about it, especially after the uh, the whole the meeting where he's Rockwell and all that stuff. The placing of the dominoes, which I always thought was a little silly. No, it's incredible. It's so good. It's so it's super on the nose because he was literally placing every little piece there, and now we're just kicking off the plan, and he just flicks it. And it's well, not just not just that though, because that I always got that visual metaphor. Mm-hmm. It's the last piece standing uh-huh. and like sticking out that he has to go pick up, and how that. Like that 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 piece is Evie, like her not being a part of this with yeah. him. That I never really got into. Oh, it's so good. Sat down and watched this, where it's like there's way more to this metaphor than I realized originally through the years. Which is which is so funny to me because there's a subtle thing like that where you have to think about it to understand that that's the last pieces. But then there's like all the other little things that go on that are spoon fed to you. Oh yeah, there's there's definitely other lines and stuff that I picked up on um like that where it's like, huh, I never really quite um and, and just like another like small like Easter eggy thing like we we're saying like like things that we noticed like picked up on this time. Yeah. Um when they show the montage at the end, um of well not a montage, I guess, like 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 cutting to like the building blowing up, they're playing the stuff yes. and they're they're cutting back to Evie and Finch while she's talking and saying, you know, she he's me, he's you, he's my mother, my brother. Yeah. They're cutting to the people taking the masks off. And we see people we've seen throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. I never noticed until this one. One of the people takes the mask off is Dominic. Yeah, I don't think I. Ever that was up weird. That. I noticed that for the first time today too. Yeah, that's strange that you say that. The other, the other cool. I mean, the ones that you do notice are like the little girl is one of them. Yeah, the, the guy from the bar, you know, stuff the, like that. The, the actress from the Salt Flats. Yes, it's like it's all. No, of them. is it? Because yeah, she's dead. She, she's one of them. You sure? Yeah. Because, oh, like, she's definitely dead. Yeah. No, that's... The little girl, I'm certain, is dead as well. No, that happened during Finch's imagined montage. I know. But so did a lot of other things that actually happened. Past things, not present and future things. Yeah, present and future. Well, the thing with Creedy and stuff like that, yeah, I guess so. But, like, she goes out there with her parents and, like, she's standing there with her parents. I, I don't think that... No, but they right before they show that, though, she's not standing with them. That's that's the thing that, that got me this time. And I've always been playing this game with this final scene of, is she dead or not? And it, honestly, Well, because most, yeah, I mostly went with, like, I've had that struggle over the years as well, um, until I, like, really paid attention to the fact that that was, like, the, that was his imagined scenario. That Right, but the, the thing that got me this time is the placement of the characters on screen. So when they show the parents and where they're standing and you, the alignment when they show her, it's, it's very off. There would be mm. more space to the, her right. And if she was actually in front of them, they're just showing the girl separately, and they're they're very they're very explicitly not showing her and them on the screen at the same time. But what you do see when they show the parents take their masks off, they're it's post them crying. Oh, is it? I, I and I thought that was that's what got me this time, where I'm like, it. I think she is dead. <laughs> I think this thing because the other thing is all the a bunch of the other stuff that he sees in his flash forward when he's like, I I saw the past, the present, and the future. Some of the other things were like, were Evie was Evie sitting there waiting, like to to flip the switch on the train. 
Yeah. It's him getting shot off shot in up, the tunnel. Yeah. Like it's it's all it's all of these things that happen. So there's no reason not to believe that this other stuff happened as well. I guess so. Which is interesting. But yeah, the no, noticing Dominic, that was the first for me today as well. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was it's weird that Well, because you, you know what it is as I was watching it, I was like, it's a little weird that he's not with Finch because he's been with him from beginning to end. Unless mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where it's like, this is gonna get out of hand and I'm trying to protect you. Yeah. It could be. But we've yeah. gotten to the point where, like, you see he basically has full buy-in by the end. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I just love how tormented the inspector is. He's just like, man. Well, even whole... then, he knows he's doing right, but it's still hard to reconcile. Yeah. It's so good. It's such a good I movie. also, I do have an issue um, with Finch. Um, not with him, but, like, his, the, the way he's treated in the movie. Um in that sort of fascist government like that, where we have this inner sanctum and inner circle and everything like that. And like, we have like the suspicion of Creedy by the end of the movie by Sutler and vice versa. Like there's no way he would have gotten away with like questioning this stuff like that. And like some of them like, like mentioned stuff about each other's like backgrounds and pasts or like Finch was certainly started digging around in the stuff with Lark Hill was like asking about stuff and Creedy tells him, keep your nose out of it. Yeah. It's weird that they don't know all of each other's backgrounds when they're all in that inner circle like that. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Except they, they have the inspector there. I think for like saving face, they keep him at like an arm's length. Well, I guess the argument you'd make is that he was like, maybe he's like the trusted guy because he's the head of the police who they bring him in for that stuff but he's privy to all the other inner machinations right yeah you're right it's it is it's weird it's just like a weird like off thing like you know like because i i thought of something like like when we were watching like the death of stalin like all them know all their petty little bullshit you know what i mean like that's how it is like they're all always trying to one-up each other and they're even though they're supposedly all friends they're in a snap of a finger they're ready to turn on each other right and they know all of each other's dirty laundry Oh my god, you're making me want to watch that movie. Again. <laughs> it was really good. It's so good. No, but you're you're absolutely correct. That's that is that is strange. The uh, one line that always got me is when uh, Creedy shoots. What's what's the the high chancellor's name? Sutler. Sutler. Adam. When he when he shoots Sutler and he just goes disgusting. Yes, <laughs> that's so great, dude. There are so many great lines in this movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, like, and from like start to finish, like, like even something stupid, like she, she asks, "Are you a crazy person?" And he says, "I'm quite sure they'll say so." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay. Actually, let me let me circle back for a second to the Stockholm syndrome thing. Because there's, there's great lines that are like quotable lines, and then there's great lines where just like that's a great line. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and that's what, like, that's you're not what gonna I love use about that it. like as a line unless someone says that to you. You'd say it in response. But like, there's like the one like a revolution without dancing is a revolution not worth having. Like that's a quotable line that you would like throw out there, like type right. of thing. But like, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of things that they say that are just that are so awesomely like just so well put that it resembles like the the speech of the architect in the Matrix, but yes. not but not up its own ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just it's just better <laughs> because it, it's fun. It's actually fun to follow. Uh, one of the things I want to circle back on, though, with the Stockholm Syndrome was something that occurred to me at the very end of the movie. In the beginning of the movie, when he blows up that... I forget what he blows up in the beginning. The, of the old movie. Bailey? The old Bailey. And the music's playing. And you're like, oh, my God, this guy is a psycho. This is yeah. great. 
And he starts I, laughing maniacally. Yeah. And you're like, I love, I love how crazy this guy is. I mean, this, this is, we're in for a wild ride. And by the end of the movie, the same thing is happening, and it's exploding, and the music's playing, and you're all for it. Yes. Because he got you. Yes. He took you captive. He fed you these, these beautiful love notes. And now you're on his side. <laughs> it's psychotic. <laughs> or like, like and, and, and they keep that kind of throughout the whole thing, too, like where he's having a full-on fight with the suit of armor. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess you get bored down there, like, in between, like, blowing up and assassinating people, I guess, but... Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> it's ridiculous. The, uh, the other thing, speaking of the music playing through, the music in this movie is great. Like, the score, like, the, the, swelling, the swelling score that goes throughout the movie is just so fitting with the storytelling. Yes. And then you just, like, you just, like, feel this movie pumping through your veins when you're watching it. It's so good. Oh, yeah. And that that music, for whatever reason, going really well with like the the darks and reds color palette that they have. Yeah, and they and also there's a lot of like interesting use of like light and shadow, like where like certain things are shadowed, hidden, and then are revealed later on, or revealed only partially, um, or how like you know. Like the whole sequence when he's pretending to be Creedy and his torturers and like he has it all set up so that she can never see his face. Cause he's always slightly yes. like in, in perfect shadow. Like that's like a very overt one, but there's other things like when he's hiding in Delia Surge's room mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, he's there, but you can't see him. Yep. And then he just steps out of the perfect shadow and oh, it's like, Oh my God, how do you do it? <laughs> the, uh, that whole thing, there was actually one thing that bothered me today. Well, other than the fact that he was keeping her captive. One thing that bothered me about it today that, I didn't notice before. Like you said, he's always in the shadows. He's always, his face is always covered. Except when he's shaving her head. Well, he's behind her. He is. But she didn't see him at all <laughs> during that. Um, Granted, she doesn't know what he looks like with his mask off. He could have been wearing his other mask that he's got. I'm well, sure. he has other masks. Yeah. So. But yeah, that, that, even if she didn't know what he looked like, you know. Horribly burned skin is hard to miss. That always bothered me, though. Like, not always. That I've bothered thought me about today. It. I've thought about it too. But it's like it was. I was just like, oh, like they go out of their way to make this work really well in every scene during the sequence, except this one. Yeah, I, I think I would guess he's probably wearing one of his masks and maybe a surgical mask. Probably a surgical mask. Yeah, over half of his face because that was consistent with some of the other stuff that was going on. I love how well acted it is when she leaves that room. I think she does a tremendous job. Of- she did a mostly a good job in this movie. It's funny, Dominic, while we were watching it, um, was like, how did she get this job after the prequels? Yeah. And I was like, you have to understand, like, she was already established as, like, a rising star. Like, mm-hmm. and she had other, like, tape out there of, like, being really good. Like, she was nominated, I think, wasn't she, for, for Leon? Uh, maybe. I, mean, I don't, she is I don't think she, I don't think she won, but she, I'm pretty sure she was nominated for Leon and like she was in other things. Yeah. And like, they're not going to hold some, a couple of bad performances in one role. Like when like, you know, like, like, like you, like she's fine in Phantom Menace. It's going forward from there yeah. where clearly the role starts to weigh on her where it's like, like you get stuck in a franchise and you can't get out of it. Yep. Like, no, for sure. But in this in this particular set, though, 
she like during these this sequence of scenes she goes through i have it written down here it's like she goes through like these seven like almost like the seven stages of grief in three minutes like <laughs> she she walks out of the room and she's in complete utter disbelief to the point where she it's clearly a mannequin and she pokes it <laughs> and i and that right there for whatever reason that scene gets me because like i'm actually i actually believe that she does not know if she's awake or not yes and then she's walking in and she gets to him which is like starts- kind of the point of torture. Like that's why they do that to people is they want you so delirious that you can't tell if you're like dreaming and saying something or if right. you're in reality. Like oh, it's so, lower it's your inhibitions so well and understanding and awareness. But, yeah, and she but she goes through all this and she's you know she gets angry at him. She calms down. She goes through it all. All this happens right before she goes into a full blown panic attack. Yes, and that scene right there, like that's like a standing ovation scene. Like I feel like the delivery in that scene is spot on. And actually the two of them playing off each other together, because there's, even though I'm like cringing at the way he's handling it now, like as I'm thinking about it as, as an older person, you're fine. It was good that we did this. <laughs> yeah. Um, like there's one particular sequence in there that really, that has always struck me. And it, it, it's, it's actually pretty incredible when she screams, I hate you. And he says, yes, see, that's what I thought it was. I thought it was hate. That's the only thing I knew. It taught me to live, how to breathe, how to eat. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he kills it, too, even though he's behind a mask. The two of them, like, are perfect playing off each other in that sequence. Like, her, this, like, crumbling, like, disintegrating, like, person, like, barely able to hold herself together as, like, one human being. And him, like, rage and, 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 and fury and all this, like, like, and love, too, Mm -hmm. as creepy as that is, um... It, like the two of them together like you you're like like stock still in your like in your chair like oh my god like this is riveting yeah Ugh, she bonds with her captor over the count of monte cristo the uh, well that was different that was pre-torture <laughs> yeah but it stuck so actually and that actually raised this is they completely um pulled me out of the experience for a minute after all of that happens and she leaves uh the movie progresses a little bit then we get a, we get a scene of her. She's watching the movie while she's laying on the couch in her apartment. And then I then then the questions like the dumb questions started rolling around in my head. How long was she captive? How is she still has an apartment? How is she paying for the apartment? How does she have money for food? How does she, like what is going on right now? <laughs> she's got a fake ID because otherwise she would be arrested. So she can't go to the bank and take money out. And all of this happened in like in the course of five minutes. Like my head melted. <laughs> and i was just like you know what i'm gonna stop asking questions so i can enjoy the rest of the movie <laughs> yeah probably some minor plot holes there not a big deal they do kind of half-heartedly explain it when she returns and she says like yeah i just was a waitress no one re- like recognized me yeah i think i did no big deal it's like okay yeah like you know whatever <laughs> although i i wonder where she got the fake ID from like she not like she has friends who could help her get it like they would have turned her in right like that whole thing like she's like oh yeah like someone i worked with like every day like was face to face with them, and they didn't even recognize me. That's so weird. The, like she did, she did a really good job in this. Not like her very bad, like inconsistent accent, notwithstanding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, there was definitely a scene at, during that captive like thing where she said something, and I was like, "Oh right, you're British." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ish. Um, but British-ish. <laughs> yeah. Um. I also, like, while re-watching this, I've kind of always had the thought, and we've kind of talked around it before, but can we get Hugo weaving a goddamn Oscar already? Yeah. 
I don't care if it's for supporting actor. It could have been Howie wasn't nominated for supporting actor in this. It is fucking incredible job, even though it's just his voice. Even more of a reason. Yes. To no, do it. for him to, to so grab you and pull you into what's going on, like you feel alongside of him, like every step of the way. I like I want you to remember this conversation when you watch the Phantom Thread. <laughs> I'm never gonna let this go. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna denigrate Daniel Day Lewis. He's a great actor. Sure. But so is Hugo Weaving, and he's never got <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, this is a far better movie as well. Yeah, uh, no, he. I, it's it's so good. It's so infuriating me that he's not like like if he had been nominated and lost. Like the fact that he's not even been nominated is infuriating to me. Mm. He's so good. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, Even the, if you nominated him just for doing his V speech, yeah, who the fuck memorizes that? <laughs> oh man, the uh, the last I actually only have one other note that I wanted to bring up, and that was one of my one a super powerful scene to me is when the Chancellor is has actually lost power, and the scene like, the scene where he lost groveling. power. What's that? He's like groveling. No, no, it's well, it's actually way before that. He doesn't know it yet, but he completely lost power when he is doing his speech and they're showing all the TVs that were actually forced on. That's the reason why we're seeing it on these TVs. So they have access to do that. I did mention that to Dominic while we were watching it. It's incredible knowing that he's captured and still watching him give that speech. Yep. Giving that speech, but also the beauty of it is nobody's listening. Yes. They do. But also like like, the fact that it's interspersed with him on his knees. Yeah, and at the same time, it. he's giving this big, strong speech, and he's pissing his pants and crying. Disgusting. <laughs> um, and also, like, I miss John Hurt, man. Like, this movie reminds me how much I miss John Hurt. John he's Hurt. Such, he's such a good actor. Is that? That's the guy who played Sutler. Sutler. He's been in a million different things. This is a good performance, even though he's not doesn't have a ton of screen time. Because um, he has a couple of great lines in it, too. Um, but I, as I was sitting and watching it again, because I've seen him in a fair amount of other things. Alien. That's not my first thought of with him in it, but okay. Go on. Um, Sorry, I just I looked always, him up. I always think more like Harry Potter or Indiana Jones or I don't know. He's been in other things too. Um, but yeah, Alien. He's the first guy who gets the thing bust out of his chest. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, while watching this um, and kind of comparing it to some of his other work, I it got, I um, a, a thought struck me. Um, he's kind of doing a Gilbert Gottfried impression because he is yelling every <laughs> word he says in this movie. That's kind of funny because I've heard he, he him is. like speak normally, and he's got a normal like British voice. He's a little raspy, sure, but he just talks. But everything he says is projected. Like this. Yeah. And he's saying everything with force, even when he's having a normal conversation and not giving a speech. And I just thought of how exhausting it must have been for him to talk like that the whole time. And I think of Gilbert Godfrey, who I've never heard speak a word. He only yells every word. And so that is absolutely true. This would have been a very different movie, though, if it was Gilbert Godfrey. It would be a hilarious movie if it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, uh, I love this movie. It's, it's, so, it's so good. I know. Um, I, it's funny. I was doing a little digging 
into the background of this movie while watching or after watching it. Um, I don't know what got me down that whole thing. Um, but so as I, I alluded to earlier, it's Alan Moore, the guy who wrote um, Watchmen as well. He wrote mm-hmm. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He wrote Swamp Thing. Hmm. created a whole bunch of characters he he also did some writing like he i guess he worked for dc for a while um he wrote batman the killing joke which is a really famous mm-hmm. um run or whatever there was another it was uh what happened to the man of tomorrow it was a superman one yep um and i guess he must be kind of a weird he's definitely a cranky guy in real life he must be a weird guy too um <laughs> He's pulled away from all the movie adaptations. I guess they bought a lot of his the rights to his movies like in like the eighties, and then like I guess he just uses a cash grab and never expected them to make it into movies. Actually, I think he said he specifically wrote a lot of his stuff earlier in his career to not be adaptable as a movie, and they adapted it as movies anyway um, because he viewed it as like its own medium and stuff like that. Um, but I got digging into this whole thing. I always forget until I'm actually watching this movie that the Wachowskis wrote this script. Mm. And produced it or whatever, and they had, uh, I think it was a Jack McTeague, John McTeague, one of those was the director, and James. James. Um, and I never that name didn't sound familiar to me, so I was I looked him up, and this was his first feature film that he directed. He had been an assistant director, uh, like first unit, second unit director on a bunch of stuff before this, um, including I think episode two and three of Star Wars. Huh. Um, and other things as well. Uh, he was, and he worked with, or sorry, just episode two. He was the first assistant director, but he was the assistant director for the matrix, uh, and reloaded and revolutions. He also was with, uh, speed racer. Um, so he's worked with the Wachowskis a bunch since this movie or before and since this movie. Um, and I just found it interesting. He also worked on, um, sense eight with them. Um, he did some stuff with Marco Polo, but other than that, he hasn't really done hmm. much but I thought he and they did a pretty damn good job in this movie. Yeah. I found the, just the production of all this to be kind of interesting. I Top guess the, Wachows- the Wachowskis wrote this draft uh, around the time that they wrote uh, The Matrix. They wrote, I think it was 96, they wrote a treatment of this. And oh, it wow. didn't get made until almost 10 years later. That's this was apparently cool. a movie that they tried to make going back even to the late 80s. Wow. That's kind of awesome. I did not know that. That's fun. Yeah. I, I find some of those types of stories can be interesting and, and of course you know hugo weaving working with the wachowskis is always yeah. gonna get you um That's true they have an excellent connection for whatever reason let's see i was actually I, sometimes i'd like to look over some of these facts real quick box office budget the budget was 54 million opening weekend was 25.6 gross in the u.s was 70.5 Cumulative worldwide, one hundred and thirty-two point five. Yeah, outside of the Matrix, I mean, I guess that you know that would be considered a success. Uh, success uh, certainly, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe a slightly modest success. Um, they they outside of the Matrix, they haven't done that well financially, mm-hmm. but they make really good movies. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm actually curious now. I'm just gonna pull up the Matrix real quick. I don't know what the budget was on that, but I would love to know. I know that they like blew the entire budget making like the first 30 minutes of the movie. 63 million. Yeah, they were given like 20 million, I think originally or something like that. And they made like 20 or 30 minutes of the movie completely on the hope and a prayer that it would be so better. 
than the production company expected and that they would give them more money and it worked. The opening weekend was twenty seven million. That seems is that low? Yeah, but it was also it was like not an IP like That's true. That's true. And then but the gross total, gross maybe, US was one seventy one and worldwide was four sixty three. So the total was excellent. I know that was a financial success. That was yeah. why it became such a big hit. Um but I I know I'm paraphrasing and bastardizing it slightly, but if I remember, they basically were told you get this amount of money, yeah. and it was way less than that sixty three million, and they made like twenty or thirty minutes of the movie. It's not even. I don't even think it's that much. And it was like a huge gamble. Like they could have been. They could have been done. They could have never made a movie again. Isn't it? I, if I remember correctly, it's the whole. I, it's just the opening sequence. Yeah, uh, I thought it was more than just the opening sequence, but it's like the first like. 20 minutes of the movie or something like that. I thought it was, I, I, from, from what I remember, it was the Trinity fight sequence. <laughs> Maybe. I, I thought it was more than that. Then, that's only yeah. like five minutes. Yeah. I, I, it may only be that much. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I definitely remember that story and being like, that is really, that's really ballsy. And like, way to just go for it. Yeah. It's a shame to me. They're true artists and they make excellent stuff. And, they have an incredibly passionate fan base. I just wish it was a bigger fan base mm-hmm. because fair. I do feel like they get boxed out of some projects that they would be great. Well, I'm not saying there's any specific project that I'm aware of that they haven't done, but like they should be doing more, I guess is what it comes down to. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I hear you. I, but, remember, uh, I actually read something recently about them closing up their, their studio just because they're not working on anything. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I know... One of them, for a while, just said they weren't going to be working for a while. They had a, a mo- like an emotional, mental like breakdown. Oh. Um, so that's sad. Just like kind of like closing up for a while. It wasn't meant to be a permanent thing. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're both supposed to be fine eventually. Or whatever. Well, that's but, uh, and that's kind of what the uh, the article was saying. It wasn't like it wasn't like a like a bad thing they just like that we don't current we don't currently have like why keep the lights on if we're not currently doing anything in there so it's sad it's sad because like sensei was a genuinely great show and i never understood why netflix canceled it because it was also had a rabid fan base Mm. um and and not insignificant fan base either uh netflix is very secretive about what their viewership is yep but that was one of their most well-regarded shows, like and like well-followed shows. Now it was also super expensive to make, so I understand there's an equation there. But mm-hmm. I don't know; it's weird. But I, yeah, I found this whole thing with this. I got into this weird Alan Alan Moore rabbit hole, like reading about this like stuff. Like he's, <laughs> he's a weird guy. He like didn't love, I guess, the some of the way that some of the studios have like talked about him or treated him and some of the ways they've adapted some of his movies and this and that. And it's like the guy who was did the illustration for this, um, was kind of like, I kind of understand where Alan's coming from. But on the other hand, when we signed this away, we knew this wasn't going to be like a pure faithful, like re- like we knew that this was going to be made to make money. Like it wasn't right. meant to be a faithful and artistic and loving recreation shot for shot of everything. So he's like, on the one hand, I kind of get it, but on the other hand, grow up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I did have one interesting um, thing as I was watching this. I, I really like the whole sequence, meaning the way it's executed with the whole interspersing the, the torture, interrogation, whatever, with 
her reading the story and the story yeah. being, um, and it's cool how a brief tangent from that. Um, even though this is a story about V and even though this is a story prob- is, that's told by Evie, it never really feels like it's either of their movie. Mm-hmm. It feels like it belongs to everyone. Which is the whole point. Yeah. No, but like, not just like for the messaging of it, but like we get sections following Finch. We get sections narrated by Delia Surridge, a completely like a character that's given to us halfway through the movie and is on screen for like six minutes and dies. But yeah. we get her narrating her own journals. We get that whole, the story told by, um, I don't remember the name of the, the, the girl who, um, Valerie, was that who it was? Mm, that sounds right. Uh, Valerie, like, narrating her story that mm. as she's reading it. Um, we get all these, like, different, like, we get stuff following Creedy and his stuff. We, you know, we get Finch, we get V, we get, um, like, the whole, it, it feels like everyone gets to tell a part of it. Mm-hmm. So, like, it feels like all of their story. But as I was watching the this prison sequence where we get the narration of Valerie's story, someone who we are introduced with as this person's already dead. We never see them alive on screen. Mm-hmm. We see them through flashbacks as she's telling her life story that really has very little to do with what's going on. Yep. And it's a long sequence, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, in a lesser movie, <laughs> this would have just fucking imploded here. Oh, yeah. It would have like, completely yes, halted this... the momentum of the movie. But for whatever reason, they pull it off in a way that works so well. Like, it never feels like you're dragged out of the action or what's going on. And no. That shouldn't, like, if you just look at the math, that shouldn't work. Yeah. This movie should completely die there. That's the type of thing where they, they shoot that, and then, like, the, 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 like, when they're editing, they're like, yeah, no, no, we gotta lose 95% of this. Right. And it's like, how do they get away with that? <laughs> it's so funny. Not get away with, how do they make that? They made it, they made it work. Well, I, yeah, no, I don't mean, I don't mean get away with it, like, getting it in the movie. Get yeah. away with it being seamless. I don't know. Because, like, there's a ton of great movies that that would not have worked with. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. Um, it's, it's and and it also it, it also fit in with kind of some of the stuff I was I mentioned earlier the whole the cyclical like storytelling and like mirrored storytelling stuff where yeah. we get kind of like I like that they kind of circled back thematically um, to some of the stuff whereas they showed her as a child when her parents were taken from her mm-hmm. and she gets under the bed. And everything that happens around her, yep. and then we we see it how it's mirrored again with her as an adult. They do a really good job of that. With Dietrich um, getting taken out with the thing, um, the same thing with kind of like we get the montage of the history. It, there's a certain cadence to how each of those things went, even yeah. though it's being told by different people. We get V's history, we get Valerie's history, we get the history that that um, that Finch is going through. And each of them have the same cadence to them, even though they're told by different authors, like of the story here. I, I thought that was really cool, how it, it feels like the same exact story. Because you could have done something where it was a, it felt different for each of them because they're mm-hmm. different people, different personalities perceive these things differently. Yeah, and even that whole like we were talking about that montage of the past, the present, and the future that that Finch says. Mm-hmm. That's such a cool thing. That. Love it. And like I didn't like I, even though I like I knew it, I've seen it. It's like, man, I forget how much they spoil the end of this movie. <laughs> yeah, his his like defeated monotone delivery of the story over those sequences is just 
why does that work so well? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. And, he, and he's like such a deadpan character, but you yeah. totally get on board with him. Like you feel the weariness and paranoia. Yeah. While you're watching it. Like, yep. man, I can totally see <laughs> like after I'm done watching this movie, I'm going to go upstairs and sit in a dark room and drink whiskey. Like I totally get it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. I'm a, my alarm's going to go off at seven. And I'm just going to get up and do it all again. I'm not, yeah. not going to wake up. I'm just going to stand up because I don't sleep. <laughs> everything is just too bleak <laughs> yeah I thought that was that was really cool how that whole went. and and man that like that sequence at the end like you want to talk about like quotable lines um when the conversation with with Creedy when he says you know when he says defiance of the last he goes all right uh you know it's it, it's over he goes uh, like whatever he says he, and he says uh, oh is it and he goes yes we have guns no, you, what you have is bullets. And the hope is when they're done, I'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> you get your knives and your fancy karate. I love that line. And your fancy karate. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so great. Like they, they shoot it, they shoot him up, and it's just like, oh god, they're they're really giving it to him there. You don't oh, fear geez. death. Like you're like me. The only thing that we have in common is by the end of this, we'll both be dead. <laughs> yes. How do you how do you figure that is? With, With my, my hands around your neck, <laughs> <laughs> and then just how he like, gut- like gutturally like chokes out. My turn. <laughs> yeah. Just that that scene, that whole the brutality of that scene is is over the top, but it works. Oh yeah, he like hooks a dude by a knife and then like flings him across yeah. the room. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of that's another weird thing that I I kind of like about the movie is they don't overplay his like superhuman strength or speed. Until then. Yeah. It's it's kept under wraps. Yeah. Except for maybe that one scene where he comes flying over the the, the roof before he murders a pedophile. That's, like, such an, <laughs> that's actually such a, like an incredible scene. Like It's so ridiculous. Like, you it can is hear, absurd. <laughs> you know what I can hear in the background watching that? Your least favorite Wonder Woman sound would have fit perfectly with that. It would have fit perfectly with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> oh my god, great movie. Or even stuff like, you know, yeah, why wouldn't you die? Beneath this mask, there's an idea, and yeah. ideas are bulletproof as he starts killing the shit out of them. <laughs> yep, killing the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting. Awesome. Do you have any other notes? Um, I mean, other than just like, hey, that was awesome. This line, I love that, and there's plenty of that. Um, now the the big, uh, there's one other thing I'd like to. To leave it off with, actually. Okay. Um, talking about, like, circling back to how we started this conversation with little things that you pick up on that you didn't really quite click for you the first time or the right. second time or the tenth time. When they sit down together to watch the Count of Monte Cristo, mm-hmm. and at the end he said, what did you think? And he, she says, I felt sad for Mercedes. And he says, why? And she says, because he cared more about revenge than he did her. I always understood that the Count of Monte Cristo was meant to parallel them in a certain extent, but that line is really the distillation of that. Yep. It never really resonated for me how true or how much of a mirroring of it was in that case yeah. and how he does really try to break free of it at the end, but feels that he's inadequate to the task, feels that he's inadequate to her, that that he did care about her more than the revenge, but he didn't. he felt worthy of the revenge and didn't feel worthy of her. 
Yeah. I, um, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm kind of laughing because in my mind, I'm picturing the final the final scene of them together where she asks him not to do it or to, to stay, whatever it's phrase, and he says, I can't. And he he must away. And he like he kind of like yes. swoops his kid. But when he says, I can't, I don't know. I started cracking up before when I was watching it because it reminded me of Die. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, I knew that was going to go. <laughs> Die. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the movie's so good. <laughs> yes. That's both. your obligatory Sarah Marshall reference for the evening. But yeah, no, I, I guess, like, I've always, like, I guess it's kind of always been there in the back of my mind, but that is such a perfect distillation of this movie. It's probably, if you had to pick one line of this movie, like, you could do it with a few others, like, the idea of, like, Oh, it's like ideas can't be killed. They're bulletproof. Like there's a bunch of things that, you know, the people should be like the government should be afraid of the people, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. Like all those things apply very well. But probably the best one is that line. He cared more about revenge than he did her. Um, And watching the duality of that or watching the struggle between that line that he that he faced. um, And in the end, I, I, I don't think that was the case. I do think he cared more about her. He just didn't think that he deserved it. He deserved the revenge and didn't deserve her. And that's why that's how it had to be in the end. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm just sad. <laughs> bittersweet. It's a bittersweet movie. It is. Bittersweet Symphony. Uh, <laughs> Not a huge fan of that song. <laughs> What's that? Not a huge fan of that song. No. Was that the it's, verb? It's a little long. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. I believe so. And a million other people that covered it. Really? Uh-huh. That's the only version I know. Uh, sweet. Well, that's it. That's a, that's a, that's some long coverage of this movie, and it's a great <laughs> one. I'm, I'm pretty happy with that one. I, I, really, I really enjoy this film. So that's it for this week. Uh, thank you for joining us. If you want to keep the conversation going, you can reach us at our social handles. I'm at AJ Casanzo. He is at Alessandro B1187. If you have topics for the show or a movie that you'd like to see us cover, you can send those requests to Flicks in the Six at spintune.com. We will be back next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony. He's Al. Cheers. <laughs>